Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza Radio. Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont, that there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Page, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming, they're coming to the this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together like my nuts. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. The shit is bananas, well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cutting of Jim, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon in the Northeast. You listen to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn, you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Chase the man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga a little bit of cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but now look at that rock, you want me to fuck that. Black dude, ow! This bullshit, man. <laughs> Motherfucker. Fuck you! Fuck you and fuck you! Who next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Welcome to the Yakuza Kick Radio Hot Tag Podcast Crossover Show. This is the Tournament of Death Edition. I'm your host, J-Cap Morrison. Fresh off of attending the Tournament of Death is Shaheen. What's going on, man? Yes, sir, man. I'm, yeah, I'm fresh out of the car, dude. Literally uh, literally got home about 20 minutes ago. So Fresh out of TOD, fresh out of Delaware. And, uh, dude, the Delaware drivers are horrible. Like the worst ever. Fucking hmm. insane. 
Yeah. I almost went through a tournament of death just getting home, you know, like on the fucking highway. That was more deadly than any spot that they did today. I can tell you that. Yeah, you haven't driven in South Florida. Yeah. I have not. You're right. That's some dangerous <laughs> shit, dude. No one can see over the wheel. Their mouths are open. Their hair is blue. It's fucking scary, dude. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know. fucking scary. That's all I'm saying. And of course, we got Boxman there. He he didn't see the show. I didn't see the show, but nope. we'll, we'll do our best. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll all phone it in like uh like a lot of people are saying a lot of the guys did today. So yeah, I mean, I I have heard some reports from a couple people. I've actually heard people who are diehard CZW tournament of death guys. Um, my friend Paul, that dude only pretty much shows up to tournament of death. Like it's very very rare to see him at a CZW show. He lives in like the uh, Maryland, Delaware area. Right. I think he's he's lived in both, so somewhere around the border. Um, and uh, yeah, he he left before the main event, which is unheard of for him. I, it's not like you who leaves at the main event almost every year. Yeah, dude. I'm actually I'm proud to say I was the first car out of that fucking place. Wow. Usually I get stuck in that bitch, man. This time I. Uh... So what I did is before they set up the main event, I took my car outside of the gate, right? Parked it where like <laughs> this like, guy like pre-left, dude. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. I, I fucking parked it out there. I faced it, you know, towards towards the road. <laughs> like a getaway car. Literally, half in the car. Fucking, you know, turn the engine on. Left it running. He's a dude, wheel as soon as I saw them setting up the main spot, I was like, yo, I know this is the main spot. Fucking started running to the car. Saw them do the bump. I was like, yep, that's it. I was in the car by the time the count, the, the three count was going on. So, she, I was, was, I was a, out. He, he was a wheel man for himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was out, man. I'm not. I'm not doing that shit, man. But, <laughs> you understand, dude? It's if you get caught up in there, man. Going back, dude, it's fucking brutal. You know, it's like it's a it's a driveway. You know, you got a bunch of drunk dickheads that are trying to back up into you, and they just fucking cause a traffic jam you'll be stuck there for 40 minutes you know if you don't if you don't get your shit together so yeah for those who haven't been there before it's it's one thin ass dirt driveway that you definitely cannot go off of one side or another there's a little bit of like a drop off on certain parts of it too so if you try to go off it's it's going to be a long day for you uh, it's funny you mentioned that because there was actually a, a car stuck in the swamps that's on the best DJ's, uh, on dj's property so good, good. whoever the f- fucking dickhead was that tried to go off the road and uh ended up in the swamp so good luck getting out of delaware yeah so um you know they did some hype and some people were talking online and they were talking about the biggest pre-sale ever what was the actual crowd like because to me that sounds like bullshit and um you know what, what was the crowd like because i've seen a thousand plus there yeah I, I don't think it was over a thousand to be honest with you i mean it seemed like any other year, man, honestly. I mean, it was a big crowd, you know. It may have been bigger than last year, I think, you know, just judging off of, uh, like, where the hard camera was facing. Um, there was more people there. I would I would say 1,000 maybe, you know, eight 900 people, maybe 1,000. Yeah, that's still think, not bad. Yeah, I, I mean, it was definitely not bad at all. It was, it was a good draw, but uh, I don't think it's anywhere near all biggest, you know, TOD ever. And, you know, I don't think that was the case. Well, I would, I would hope not. I, I don't think the lineup warranted that. And um, like I said, I mean, it, it's tough because on one hand, you know, the GCW, you know, puts on a crazy, crazy show, and it, that's tough to top. But um, I mean, some people it fires them up like, all right, it's deathmatch season, let's go, fucking next week, let's, you know. I mean, some people have to choose, but 
for obviously at least a thousand other people. They are, you know, they're ready for more. Now, I will say this, though, uh, just judging off of, you know, talking to people that were nearby and stuff, there was a lot of first timers this time because a lot of them had no idea who these people were. And um, apparently the Vice thing. A lot of the CZW fans had no idea who these people were. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I guess the Vice documentary was like a big hit that they did last year because Vice apparently said it was one of their biggest, you know, viewed videos or whatever. So Vice was actually there again. Ah, Um, okay. So that's good. It's good advertisement for them. So apparently that's what they were going off of with the whole 600 pre-sale. They were thinking that, you know, a lot of people are just getting exposed to the product because of Vice. Which is true, because like a lot of the people that I was talking to, they're like, "Yeah, dude, we saw the documentary. We're like, yo, this shit's fucking crazy. We're gonna show up, which is good. It's good. It's good for them." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always recommended that. Like, like I've said, Tournament of Death is such an experience. It's, it's such a crazy vibe. Just all together out there. It's it's you know they keep calling it death stock to the point where it gets really fucking corny. But um, yeah. It's it's just crazy, you know. Wide open field, people acting like it's Armageddon out there, and um, just doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's a wild experience, and people who have never been there, or done that before, I recommend going out there at least once because it's it's fucking wild. I mean, yeah, it's but an experience, man. I mean, it's it's not like any other wrestling event you're gonna go to. I mean, I don't care right. how much I I love TOS. The experience of TOD is completely different. It's, it's a different setting. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I've been to 13 of them. So when it becomes, I think, 13, 14, something like that of them. So and when you've gone to that many of them, then you can start judging the product and saying this one kind of sucked or that one. But if you've never been to one before, it's going to be the craziest thing you ever saw. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've been to five now. Yeah. Um, this is probably the worst one out of, out of all of them. To go and again, dude, it's, it's, it's tough to judge when you're there. Um, depending on when you're sitting, of course, you know, I'm not like a front row guy. I don't, I'm not into any of that shit really. So I usually just get GA. I find my own spot. And, mm. uh, one, one way, one reason actually I get GA is because a lot of the times I end up sitting next to somebody I'm not comfortable with, or they're just like fucking annoying as shit. <laughs> so if I pay for that seat, I'm stuck there. GA, I just pick my shit up and I just leave. Yeah. You start at the car. Right. Yeah. You know, get, get your shit going, man. Back that <laughs> shit up. Back the car up. Get it ready. Put babes. Fucking boom. <laughs> what's fucking wild about TOD too is like you'll see like crazy shit like the one people uh, last year I think it was or a year before maybe a couple of years they'll rent a bus oh, and sit on top of the fucking bus and watch the fucking show I've seen people pull up with fucking pickup trucks with a full on fucking couch in the back and just fucking lounge on the couch with fucking beers I mean it's fucking like shit like that is like You've NASCAR. never seen anything like that before. It's fucking Only insanity. You'll see that at NASCAR. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's it. NASCAR and, I guess, TOD? Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, I mean, that, that bus idea was a genius idea, though. Oh, yeah. Like, those dudes rolled up with, like, fucking 30 deep, you know? Like, they're fucking mm-hmm. 20 bucks each, dude. You're good. You don't have, you have the best seat in the fucking house. Go on top of the bus. Yeah. Dude. You're not missing a goddamn spot, I can tell you that. They were saying people were, like, fucking in the bus and shit. I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. But They were. Why wouldn't you if you fucking rented one out? Why wouldn't you? I'd be the first one fucking in there. I mean, you'd need the right type of people with you. Otherwise, right. that'd be the worst thing ever. Well, yeah. No one takes the right <laughs> type show with a of bunch people. of your fucking friends. I, you know, I don't know if you oh, want to go fucking the bus. In the bus. Yeah. You would need Unless the you right show it's a couple's outing to tournament of death. I don't know how much of those go on, but... 
Honestly, I, I saw more couples this time than any other TOD. Like, the girl and, and dude ratio was actually, like, really surprising. Yeah. There's actually a decent amount of girls there. I was, t- I was shocked. I was like, I'm like what, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. I mean, I always went to shows with my girl, so it's it's not crazy, crazy to me. But right, you know. but how many how many of guys like you went to those shows? You know, there's probably like twenty couples, maybe. Yeah, if it wasn't that many, really. This this one, it was like a, you would see a lot of guys, you know, show up in groups like five with five girls, you know. Hmm. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with Vice, because a lot of them, again, they weren't like. Oh shit! This is Alex Cologne. I know who this is. You know what I mean? They weren't into that. They were just like, "Oh yeah. shit, light tubes, crazy spot. Oh, this is fucking crazy." You know, and they were just drunk and they didn't really know what it was. But I wonder how it would have swung their attendance if um, DJ didn't. Or no, it wasn't DJ. It was Maven who told the Vice guys, "Yeah, don't film that shit." When they were taping my fucking arm back together, because because <laughs> the dude was like, "Oh shit," and started like fucking film and shit. And he's like, "No, no, 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 don't include that." <laughs> I wonder if they put like a fan getting filleted on the Vice thing. If that would have upped or lowered the attendance, dude. It's just a, Vice probably would. Man. Vice is uh, they're pretty bold. Oh, they would have. They definitely would have. And Maven was like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Yeah. So that, but I don't know if it would have exactly brought in a bunch of fans if they thought there was a chance they're getting cut open that day. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm glad the Vice thing worked out. Though. I mean, that was a cool thing. It's kind of. I mean, that was that was one of probably the good moves that DJs done the best. You know. That drone shit is fucking cool um, visually. At the show, I'd say it's a little fucking annoying, but, you know. Well, today they got some real good shots. I mean, they would take the drone like 150 feet up in the air, drop it down, you know. So I'm, I'm sure it's, it's going to be dope when it comes out. But yeah. It is what it is. Uh, the funniest thing to me was, was the amount of wrestlers that just blended in with fucking fans today was the craziest shit to me. They, they literally, like, there were so many wrestlers just sitting as fans, and you couldn't point them out that they're wrestlers if you didn't know who the fuck they were. I can't tell you how many times Tony Deppin walked by <laughs> when nobody recognized who he was. Because he looked like a fan. Well, a lot of these wrestlers look like fans. Right. Like, blends. And then when they wrestle, it's like a fan in their underwear. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's fucking it's ripped it's wife fucking beater in the ring. <laughs> Put their fucking name on their underwear. And again, like I, I don't want to come off like like bashing everybody, but like this is the same guy that also two weeks ago was was complaining about, oh, like you know, wrestling seminars shouldn't include fans. It's like, dude, well, you're a wrestler now, and you're still well, fucking fans. crowds shouldn't involve <laughs> include wrestlers, motherfucker. Yeah. Stay in your fucking place, right? And you're still sitting in the crowd, so I don't, I don't really know. You can't what attend what a seminar. Stay the fuck out of the crowd. It's fucking it's- I don't know. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. If it takes, you know, wrestlers to pack their fucking house, load them up. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'll, I'll also mention about the new fans. I want to say new fans because, honestly, there was a ton of new fucking people that I had no idea what people were. Everybody cleaned up after themselves, usually t- leaving TOD. I'm like, I feel bad for them. I'm like, oh, dude, this is like, how shitty are you people? You know, like, just fucking get a bag and clean up your beers. It's not that hard. You know, they have a thousand trash cans there for fucking reason. Uh, not too much debris, honestly. Like, it was it was pretty fucking clean when we were leaving. So that shocked me because every year I've gone, it's been a fucking mess. You know what? And that maybe that's actually the the formula right now. The the thing that's gonna work is just fucking reload. Uh, you've turned off so many of your old fans. So many of your old fans have seen above and beyond, and you're never gonna outdo what they've seen. Now you get this fucking vice people in there and people who've never seen a tournament of death before. The newest thing is the craziest they've seen. 
right. to just fucking reload. If you if you could shuffle and get a whole new crowd in there that this is blowing away, then fuck it. I mean, I guess do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, do do what you can do. You know, I mean, it's 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 you know, it is what it is. You don't have too many fucking people coming back from the old days. So, right. Try to fill seats in with with new hipster fans that are into this. You know. Now going into this tournament, a hundred percent, I thought the the only right thing you can do is to put Schlack over. Schlack is fucking money. I mean, you've heard wrestlers on your show say he's money. Uh, I mean, everyone who sees this guy says he's he's the shit, man. I mean, he the guy's got everything. He's got the look. He's got the the personality as far as promos and the way he presents himself. He's a crazy motherfucker in the ring. He, he's everything you need to put especially a tournament of death on his back and, and you know, make that his year. Right. Um, my backup plan as far as who I said would win was Jimmy Havoc because it's, to me, DJ is really, really big on the European things. I don't know if Sammy's booking the, the TOD too or if that's still a DJ thing because that's like his side project because it doesn't really coincide with too many storylines or anything. Yeah. So I'm wondering, but... um. To me, I just I had this bad feeling like, man, they're going to kiss the European asses and just put this fucking guy over. I mean, I understood when you put Kasai over. I understood when you put Thumbtack Jack over. Those were guys from overseas that were so, just so over with the CZW crowd. It made all the sense in the world. But this guy, I didn't hear any fans coming out of this saying how awesome this guy was. I already sucked, and I don't, I don't know... You know, to speak firsthand on that, but uh, right. my buddy Paul that that saw it said he sucked in the second round against Masada, and um, he he went on to win the thing. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll 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 get into each match and dissect. I mean, I, I'll I'll get into Jimmy Havoc. Okay, in a second. Right. Um, you know, DJ started out the show with the usual DJ speech. Uh, they Maven Bentley came out and he actually said that he had to go to the Wildcat show tonight, so he wasn't going to be there for the whole whole. <laughs> I don't know what the purpose of that is. It's I, not like he's really an on-screen guy too much. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't know why he even announced that because nobody would even notice that he's not there. That was weird. Right. Um, maybe it was like a cheap plug for, you know, Wildcat. Like, hey, maybe like after you guys are done here, go and check it out. Like that was his way to like subliminal plug it without getting DJ's permission or something. I don't know. It was weird. But uh, I know he's got the license and stuff, so maybe like Luke Hawks is using his license to run the show. I'm guessing the case because that's kind of the reason he's been around you know makes sense so that's probably what happened with that um he came out and he said something about uh the fans have to stay away from from this corner because you you want to stay out of the wrestler's way and this is the dj high rule and he almost kind of seemed like he was like like off put by dj by dj making this request to have him go out there and tell the fans to not stand in a certain spot because of wrestlers and he was like yeah this is the dj rule so uh guys stay the fuck out of the way because dj wants you to he kind of seemed like irritated with it and then uh, so yeah, it was weird. I don't, I don't really know what that was. Um, but yeah, DJ came out. You know, usually he's super hype and like super motivated and cuts this fucking speech about you know keep my lawn clean and say hi to my parents and thank you for coming. You know, all that blah blah. Um, yeah, I don't know. He was like he was like super laid back today. He just kind of came out. I was like, yeah, tournament that sixteen guys, please clean up your shit. Like it's my parents' house. You know, it is their home. Like they live here, so please clean up your shit and uh, have fun. It wasn't really. His usual, you know, shtick. Uh, so I don't know. I kind of got like a weird vibe just just going into it from the beginning. 
Um, some rumors that were going around, I don't know how valid this is, but I, I figured I'd throw it out there. Again, allegedly, I don't fucking know. I didn't, I didn't talk to any wrestlers. I didn't talk to anybody from CCW. I don't know. But um, some people that, that you know have been going to CCW for a while and are friendly with wrestlers were saying that this is what they heard from wrestlers, saying that Sammy actually wants to get rid of Tournament of Death and Cage of Death, and this is the last Tournament of Death and Cage of Death you'll see. So, uh, I mean, on one hand, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever because I've heard year in and year out where they go, oh, yeah, this might be our last one. It takes a lot to go through. We got to do the blood test. We got to go through this. We got to go through that. It costs a lot more than a lot of times we make, even when we pack the joint. So they've been harping on how hard it is, and I think part of it is to, like, emphasize how bad they need the crowd there, but they don't seem, like, hurt from it. You know, they don't seem to limp out of Tournament of Death. I mean, they, they pack a 1,000 people in there. They got to do pretty well from it, but um, and especially now that they've upped the prices. Um, yeah, it's 25 GA. Yeah, I think it's, like, 50 front row, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um. 25 isn't bad GA, though. No, I mean, it was only like 20 GA right. at the cheapest, I think. Yeah, that's not bad. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, to get rid of Cage of that, that to me is a fucking just a gunshot wound to the fucking head. That's that's death to CCW completely. I mean, they've already put quite a few bullets in CCW's history and everything, but if they actually do away with Cage of Death, I mean, what are you going to finish the year with? You're going to come up with a new show after all these years and, and cap off the, I mean... I'm not a fan of either one, man. I, I certainly hope these are just rumors. I personally don't see it happening, because, dude, it's it's their two big shows. This is where yeah. they money. This is where they sell merch, you know? Like, come on, what are you going to do without Tournament of Death? This is the, this is the fucking time that you pack a thousand in. Right. It's only Cage of Death. It's the only time. You, I mean, best of the best. Yeah, it's a great show and everything. You don't pack a thousand for that, though. No, and they fucked up. You know, they thought the the bright idea was to take it to Florida, get a whole new crowd. We could bring in all these guys, this and that. They got a lower attendance than they do in Jersey, so they completely fucked up on that. So, um, I don't know. It just, I couldn't imagine them doing away with those two shows. But the thing that Tournament of Death, I feel like, is becoming burdensome. Especially GCW's doing such a higher level of ultra violence and stuff, and um, it it really raises the bar. And it's especially when it's like next week, fucking do better, you know. <laughs> this is not. And I don't, I don't honestly don't think they're motivated enough to want to even compete with that, you know. Oh. They, I mean, DJ feels like they've proven themselves. They've they've done sixteen years of this, which is I understand, like it's fine. You know, you guys have done it all. You guys are the originators of this. I mean, IWA originally, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, like there's no passion coming from his side when it comes to deathmatch. Um, yeah. So it's not something that they're invested in, you know. Like the guys that are running the company, Sammy, I'm sure he's probably not the biggest, you know, deathmatch fan. He may have been fucking, you know, seven, eight years ago, but I don't think that's the same Sammy you're looking at. Ever since he came back from WWE, I mean, you, you know, once again, not not bashing him, but you know, a lot of this like mouth kissing and stuff. I don't think you would have seen Sammy doing that seven years ago. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he definitely had a way more vicious edge to him than he does now. And now it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of homosexual tendencies rather than, uh, you know, psychotic tendencies. Right. I, I was a big fan of the psychotic tendencies. And he's take, I mean, dude, taking it a whole nother Just change direction. the letter CCW to DJW and just fucking get it over with, man. You know, like it's, yeah. it's not, it's, it's not. I hate saying what it used to be because it's, it's so generic and it's been said so many times. But and I don't even want it to be what it used to be because it, it, things have to evolve. You know, time passes sure. by. But 
at least like don't shy away so much from from your roots you know right. like you were you're fucking built on this shit dude mm-hmm. there's you can't fucking put in combat zone wrestling and not find ultra violence it's just what it is you can't you can't take that away you know nah put dogs to sleep <laughs> dogs, yeah, dude. dogs hear about the show and they're like, "I'm fucking napping." Fuck this. Dogs like fucking CZW. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, I will say though, because we, you know, we just got finished saying, you know, what the aura of tournament that, that is still there, and that's a rare thing. You won't find like the the old arena aura that's gone, that's dead, buried. There is no even real home crowd aura. There's no flyer skate zone aura. Oh. But Tournament of Death, be it as it may, even if it is, you know, being one-upped a little bit by GCW and, you know, obviously what they just did with Gage and Tremont, I said going into this, they can't top that match. So the show is going to be more memorable, win, lose, or draw. But despite that, the aura is still there. So I I think it's something to hang on to because if you're still pulling in a 1,000 fans, you're still putting on a credible enough deathmatch tournament. And again, maybe this is a year they didn't stand a chance anyway. So why go too, too crazy? Maybe now with a year to go, DJ goes, all right, we're going to plan some shit. You know, we're not going to stand on top of the fucking building and go, fuck you, GCW. But in the back of his mind, he's got some, all right, let's see what we could do. You know, a week later, no, he's not going to jump out and top them. But, Next year, maybe you do see something really big planned and, you know, some real big booking. Who knows? But uh, the aura is still there. I think that's the main factor. Yeah, I mean, the skate zone doesn't have anything special no. about it. You know, there's I hope they burn it the fuck down with the Onita match. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's... I hope the explosion match burns that place to the ground. Dude, you go there, there's like, you can't, you can't like pregame, you can't like do anything there. You know what I mean? Like tailgating is a bitch in that place. Um, well, I mean, if you wanted to like ice skate with your girlfriend around the rink a few times to a Britney Spears song, you could pregame that way. I don't know how you normally pregame, but it sounds like a fucking yeah warm up to me. Bot mitzvahs like happening like next door to this fucking like cage of death. It's like, well, yeah. kind of awkward here. There's like families here. Stop by the pro shop, buy a Flyers jersey. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things you could do yeah. pregame. It's it's something else. Uh, you mentioned GCW real quick. Before I forget, let me let me uh, skip through and mention this real quick. Madman Pondo cut a promo, basically <clears throat> saying that like deathmatch wrestling is dead. And uh, you know he was like, you know, I, I thought deathmatch wrestling was dead, but then when I was walking the when I was walking the fucking parking lot, you know, I saw a thousand people packed in. And he first started out with three hundred. Then he was like, yeah, I see like three hundred people here. Four hundred, five, six. Let's go with a thousand. And he started. I was like, dude, that's a big jump from three hundred to thousand. You know, you gotta make up your mind here. But uh, he was like, yeah, I thought Deathmatch Wrestling was dead, but seeing all these fans fucking drive up and be so passionate, like, you know, I've changed my mind. And as soon as he said Ultra Violence is dead, a huge fucking GCW chant, you know, broke out, which uh, was awkward because <laughs> like he's like, yeah, yeah you're like, oh yeah, this is weird. You know, like half these people were at TOS and yeah, come out here and say Ultra Violence is dead when they just had one of the fucking best matches possible. It's, you know, when it is what it is. I just thought I, was, I should mention that before I forget because uh, we'll get into Pondo. But yeah, that, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I mean, what could you say? Like, you can't put on, uh, you know, a match that. I mean, that that was CCW's match, and you know, hey man, chips felt the way that they did, and GCW ended up with the match of all matches. They executed a hundred percent. 
They put on a spectacle. They put on the type of thing that CZW was the only ones capable of doing on the East Coast previous to two years ago. So, uh, you know, what can you say? You can't follow that a week later and expect it not to come up. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean. Definitely. Um, all right, well, let's get into the first match. First match was a Cinderblock and Light 2 Bundles deathmatch. Uh, G. Raver against Jeff Cannonball. Cannonball was actually really fucking over. I don't, I don't know what was going on. Uh, he was, like, super, super fucking over. Nothing against the I like Cannonball, but he's, I mean, he's not like, you know, I wouldn't think he should go in the finals or anything, but a lot of people did. Uh, but, yeah, it was G. Raver against Cannonball. I was expecting a lot from this match because, uh, obviously, we had G. Raver on the show, like, two weeks ago, and, you know, he was, like, really hyping this up. Even even off the air, he was like, like dude, you guys aren't going to believe what we're going to do. Like, we're really going to top this shit. So I'm thinking they're going to just fucking go all out. I'm like, oh, the opener? Like, yeah, they're going to fucking kill shit. Uh, light tubes and, you know, fucking center blocks are, like, two of my favorite weapons, so you can't really go wrong with this match. A uh, ton of fucking botches, dude. Like, mm. unbelievable amount of botches. And I'm not talking about, like, like Jimmy Lloyd type of botch. I'm talking about, like, big fucking ruin-the-spot type of botches, you know? Um, just a ton of them. There were some brutal headbutts from uh, Cannonball, which I guess that's yeah. a gimmick now to do these crazy headbutts that fucking, you know, you hear the thump through the whole fucking... Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah, you better relax with that, man. It's not worth it, you know? I understand it's <laughs> over there on a monthly basis... If you're at SWF in front of 20 people, I suggest not getting, you know, concussed over fucking, you know, headbutts trying to be like, you know, trying to get over with that shit. But, I mean, your head, you do what you want. I just personally wouldn't be yeah. headbutting dudes every fucking week, you know? Um, well, I mean, here's my thing. Yeah, I wouldn't – I'd probably save that for the bigger shows and not just SWF and stuff like that. But my thing with Cannonball has always been I think he tries to do too much even when he was, I mean, uh, considerably – bigger you know he's lost a bunch of weight and, and great for him but um see cannibal's a really nice dude too but still the, my favorite thing he's ever done is adopt a cat from my shelter and um i mean he's probably not gonna top that for quite some time but um i don't know like i think he's always tried to do too much i saw him at um on point wrestling doing a match with i think connor claxton or somebody and it was just he was trying to do all of that crazy half a lucha moves, you know, like fucking catching people in the air and arm drags and like all of that shit. And it's just going to look bad. It's going to look like a slower, sloppier version of things other people do really, really well. And, you know, I've said this on one of the shows recently. I think it was on my solo deal, but, um, you know, the, the big guys trying to be luchas, the Monster Mac doing fucking hurricanes and shit. I mean, that might pop you, but come on, man. There's people who are doing this shit like unbelievable, like fucking action flicks. Stick to you, what works for you and fucking kill it. Tank is one of my favorite big guys as far as those guys go. Um, I'm not a big fan of big fat deathmatch guys. Tank, to me, has always done it right. I mean, he's just a big bruiser. He's just a hard-hitting bad motherfucker man and i i think cannonball taking closer to that route is is gonna benefit him i really do when you start trying to do too many moves and shit and you're a bigger guy that's what you get you know g raver is obviously smaller way more agile able to do a bunch more shit you got to work a different style match on cannonball's side I, I think i'm not a wrestler but i'm just saying for my entertainment uh i'll, I'll squeeze in a little uh 
bits and pieces from the lost DJ interview that, that may make <laughs> yeah, please do topics. Uh, speaking of G Raver, I did not know DJ Hyde uh, claims he trained G Raver. Wow. I just trained many of people. That happened. <laughs> that happened, or I, did it? The audio to play you. <laughs> he said it, uh, or did it? Yeah, he did it. Can uh, fucking prove it. <laughs> there was a couple brutal spots. I mean, there was a ton of crazy headbutts. You know, obviously fucking bundles of light tubes just flying mm-hmm. at each other. Um, there was a couple they broke on their way in. Like you know, dude, like a ton of fans brought in light tubes, like full bundles. You know. These dudes are just stepping on it recklessly, just fucking ruin the whole bundle. It's like, dude, come on. That's like, you know, that's like, like other shows would have killed for fucking eight light tubes to be like in a bundle like that, you know? And you guys are just yeah. fucking stepping on it, just ruining all the shit. Um, so that, that was that was annoying to start with, you know? As soon as they're making their entrance, they ruined two fucking bundles already. Um, and then I like the one spot, they would take the cinder blocks and they would just fucking, he would just pound the guy in the back of the fucking uh, neck with it, you know? Jesus. And then uh, he would lay a bunch of light tubes on Cannonball. He just fucking just like threw the cinder block, like shattered them all on his back. Like that, that type yeah. of shit was crazy. Uh, the one spot that was that was supposed to be a huge spot, and uh, which was the biggest botch, was fucking G Raver had Jeff Cannonball on the top turnbuckle, right? Laid across the turnbuckle. So he, almost like in a sleeping position. Um, and then he was trying to lay these light tubes on him. But they were bouncing off of him. He couldn't keep it on top. So like this is not <laughs> flat on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like I'm not a fan of refs, you know, helping guys out with like you know like kind of like Carnage Cup, him handing you know crane tubes and shit. It's like, well, like, come on, dude. Why is the ref handing the guy tubes? Um, but in, in this position, I think the ref saw him struggling so much and knew like this is a huge spot, dude. Somebody's got to step in and just hold these fucking light tubes for the guy. Nobody stepped in. It almost got to the point where it was awkward, where Cannonball was selling it for too long. So, like, G. Raver was just like, fuck it, dude. Like, I just got to try it. Um, so he tried to do a double stomp while holding the light tubes on top of Cannonball and completely missed the light tubes and fell off and injured himself. They threw up the X and they kind of had to chalk him up. So uh, he's okay. G. Raver? Yeah, dude. He fucked himself up. He fell from the top rope. I don't know if he broke an ankle. I don't know what happened to the guy. I just saw him throw up an X and they freaked out. Um but yeah, uh, they had the one spot with the light tubes. Uh, I, I forget exactly what Cannonball did, but it, it was it was a nice big spot. Um, actually, it was a it was a fucking uh, it was a pile driver right through fucking a, a bundle of light tubes um, that were on top of center blocks. So it was a good finish. Uh, it felt a bit rushed because obviously I think the guy got injured. Uh, that was a huge botch, though. I mean, that was, that's something like. I don't want to say like necessarily like ruin, completely ruin the match, but like that was a big fucking spot to just let the guy struggle out there. You know what I mean? Like his first TOD, the guy's talented. Like I know the guy could could have fucking killed. Like somebody should have just fucking stepped in. Like dude, like either let's chalk this spot and do something different if it's if it's falling off of him. Don't let the guy go up there and make an ass out of himself like that. You know? I mean, the guy got to know better too that it's not going to fucking work out. You got to know your own abilities to not just fucking train wreck yourself. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it looked bad, dude. Uh, but DJ trained him, so I guess we got to blame DJ. <laughs> I mean, if that's what, what we're going with. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the thing, I love cinder blocks. That's definitely one of my favorite things in, in death matches because it's one of those things that just, like, so much fucking reality to it. There's a way to fall on this and a way to fall on that, but if we're talking about straight-up cinder blocks... It is what it is, man. You got to have a certain level of respect for a guy getting fucking thrown on a cinder block, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, 
This tournament was booked weird, and you know the direction they went to me doesn't make a whole shitload of sense. But you know it is what it is. Yeah. So Cannonball went on to the second round, and uh, hopefully G Reaver's okay. I don't know. I don't know what happened with the guy, but um, it looked pretty bad from my side him falling down because he just completely he almost, he just like rolled off of him and just fucking just splattered on the ground. You know what I mean, but uh, yeah, that was what it was. Next match we had uh, Clint Margera. Which, uh, eh, you know, UK guy. He's like Bam's cousin. Yeah, I guess. He kind of looks like him, too. Um, he was going against, uh, Connor Claxton in a barbed wire madness match. So basically, the barbed wire madness, of course, they had the barbed wire, uh, boards. And, uh, they had a little bit of surprise, which, uh, Connor Claxton, I don't know if you remember this last year. Um, he wanted to do this one spot with a trampoline. Yeah, barbed wire trampoline. Yeah. So they finally made that this year, which um actually looked cool as shit. It was kind of like the same thing they did with uh, like JC Bailey and and uh, Madman Pondo. Same kind of idea, you know, the web. Um, obviously on a smaller scale, with just you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, same kind of idea. They they did a bunch of spots. They bunched. They botched a couple spots too. I mean, there was botches everywhere, dude. I don't I don't know what the fuck they were doing back there. I don't know if they were drunk. Uh, there was a ton of fucking botches, you know. Speaking of drunk, who uh, ring announced? Oh, MLJ, who was actually sober. Oh, sober. Shocking. I have a, I have a feeling, you know, because I know, I know people from that company listen to this podcast because they hit me up and and told me about it. So I'm sure that you know somebody probably went there, man. Like, there's a lot of yeah. people saying you're acting like a fucking moron. So <laughs> yeah, stop that. I, I'd imagine, uh, yeah, man. The, fuck, man. The very least you could do is just stop with the fucking drinking for one day. Try not to like marathon drink your way through this show like you did last year. Right. Because, I mean, there was an incident that came out of him drinking last year that right. was brought up. And then it was like, yeah, changes will be made, this and that, which was not only said by DJ. It was said by Zandig because he was supposedly part of ZZW. Funny, the next tournament that Zandig ran, deathmatch-wise, uh, ML was fucking smashed on commentary. So, yeah. uh, Speaking of that, you know, uh, you know how I recommended on the last show to do Steve Mack on commentary? Yeah. We're actually going to take uh so they Great. they took the recommendation so awesome so hopefully steve mack will be the new voice of fucking gcw because that that dude man jesus christ that was that was awful but, yeah um, yeah and i i think i forget who else they're gonna put on with him but it's it's two guys that you know know the history and are respectful enough to fucking you know act seriously for, for fucking three hours while they're getting paid for it and not get belligerently drunk so yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully it's not like fucking uh you know, um, I'm trying to think of somebody tremendously homosexual um, that's going to comment on their gear and their, you know. Oh, Angel, the, the deathmatch homo? Yeah, I mean, him, you know, anyone who's just going to start talking about their outfits and how delicious they look in the match, just avoid anyone who's going to do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so you get the non, non-wasted and, and non-like, you know. Gay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd be gay, but just don't drool over the guys on commentary. I mean, I don't give a shit if you're gay. Just uh, don't be, be all charged up want. about it. Yeah, be as gay as you want. Don't be gay on commentary. Yeah. By the way, uh, speaking of gay, I, I told Jay about this off, off off the air, but I think it's it's worth sharing. Uh, so there's these dudes that came. I guess they had seen it from, from Vice because it was their first year. They had no idea what this shit was. Uh, so these guys come off, you know, full-blown rednecks, whole fucking families out there. You know, the son is, like, super, like, fucking Jack. Looks more like a wrestler than anybody else on the fucking card other than Schlack. 
Uh, this dude's like super fucking like like muscular, like he's talking about being a marine and all this shit. I don't know where this dude just fucking just starts doing splits, like cheerleading splits, just full blown fucking splits, you know. And then his dad's like, "Yeah, man, let's uh, let's not talk about that." So that just happened. You guys saw it. Let's get over it. Nothing happened. Let's move on. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" Five seconds later, fucking big spot happens. I turn around. This dude's doing a split right behind me again. I'm like, "Yo, this is fucking ridiculous right now. This guy is fucking out of control, man." I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's in the water in Delaware, but uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, TOD is nutty, man. There was a guy. Uh couple years back that was just wrestling himself like he was just doing spots like like he was wrestling like an invisible man like they've done in all these ridiculous companies um but yeah and like eventually maven like went in and like he was dressing for like full wrestling gear and um maven like jumped in and like pinned him at, at some point like it was like a running thing throughout the show where they were uh, people were crowded around this he was like a sideshow COD is wild. Like, like I said, COD is, is wild as fuck. Yeah, people start their own gimmicks and shit. I mean, I remember the one guy used to come, uh, used to show up with, like, the Zubazon and the fucking fanny pack. He used to bring the kendo stick and beat himself with the kendo. You remember that guy? No, but, yeah. That, that dude's, yeah, that dude's <laughs> definitely on kendo. I mean, it's, Anyone yeah, it goes blocked right along. Blocked yeah. it out. Totally, totally gone. <laughs> well, this year he showed up in, in wrestling gear. This year he was dressed like a, like a, like a Greek wrestler. Some <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Yeah. Even he's getting away from death matches. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about <laughs> that. But uh, they had a ton of uh, like bed up barbed wires for this match. They did a bunch of slams to them and all that. And, I mean, nothing like too crazy. There was no light tubes or any glass or anything. It was just a straight barbed wire, um, quote unquote, massacre. Uh, the one spot that that was cool that obviously I couldn't see from my point of view, but uh, I did see him bounce off of it, so I'm sure it was probably brutal um you guys can check it out when it comes out uh claxton went on that truck that they have near the merch table um that he did the one spot last year off of um he went on top of there they had this trampoline that was uh completely just fucking torn apart so they just replaced um you know the whole canvas with just just fucking strings of just barbed wire everywhere so it was like a barbed wire web um and then uh, i think i believe from what i could see he put clint on on top of the web and then he uh, he jumped off the truck onto the web, and then uh, I think Clint moved out of the way, so he just bounced off, and then Clint went on top of the the bus, and he did a flip onto him. So I'm sure that was probably cool. Um, I was close by the trampoline later on, and it, it was fucking like they they went full blown crazy with the barbed wire. It was a ton of it on there, so that's nice. pretty crazy. Um, yeah, but I mean overall, Clint, I, I didn't really see. I, I don't. I mean, I can't say I left as a fan. <laughs> you know, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to be searching for his name on YouTube or anything and trying to okay. find the best of Clint Marjorie or anything. I mean, he wasn't like terrible or anything, but yeah, I don't think it was worth a plane ride. You know, right? Um, yo, one guy that I, I know you're probably not a big fan of. Actually, maybe you. Uh, I hope you're not a big fan of. Uh, Hollower Assassin. You remember that guy, right? He's a fucking idiot. Oh God. He threatened me. He, like we had this uh, thing go on where he was threatening my life and stuff, and um, like I, I dared him like a million times. I just kept fucking pushing his buttons, so like he, he really wanted to kill me bad, right. and obviously it didn't work out because I'm on this fucking podcast. Right. Uh, you know, 
if he would have got a he, he left me like a fucking message early he was writing shit like 666 the devil's coming for you jcat and like like crazy like yeah promo shit like on facebook and i'm like you're a fucking idiot like you're posting this shit like permanently <laughs> it's, yeah but um because he's he's a packers fan and i just started like fucking ripping him apart because my niners when they were good a couple years ago they um i was still drinking at the time so i had like plenty of just reason to fuck with people for no reason um but yeah they would just beat him opening day like a couple years in a row like no matter what was happening no matter how the packers looked they just kept losing to the 49ers and uh yeah he, he would get so fucking pissed off yeah so this this dude shows up today right to Tio. Mm-hmm. obviously he's not on the card he's just no he's, he's he'll never be on the card yeah he's paying uh shows up with a big fucking you know how like teddy hart wears all like the fake fucking rapper jewelry and shit mm-hmm. shows up with like a big ass fucking cross full of diamonds and shit hella wear assassin like tattered all up on his fucking arms i'm like yo, who the fuck? like this dude is like out of his mind you know he's like going through like a midlife crisis here um i saw him at the table at the, at the merch table he's like yo they got cage of death here I'm like, I don't know, dude. I don't, well, I'll fucking work here. I don't know, man. You got to ask one of them. They work here. I don't know. So no, no, no. Cage of Death 10, man. Cage of, you seen that one? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I've seen it. Oh, <laughs> that was it. Like, yeah, man. Uh, the match with Necro. You remember that match? I'm like, yeah, dude, off the top of my head. I don't. What's what's up with the match? Yeah, he's putting himself over here. Right, exactly. He's like, no, 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 yeah. So, like, he didn't show up. So, like, dude, they put me in there. You know who I am, right? I'm like, yeah, you're hell of an assassin. I like, remember that asshole in the match? That was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember that guy that no one cared about? That fucking me bro like, through all the dvds that he was on and like show like people like he like yo i used to be here like it's like dude who gives a fuck man nobody gives a shit not yeah. a single shit is given right now man it's fucking and it got to the point like i, I just i had to bounce man the dude was like fucking killing me i was hoping he'd never come back because he went out to california because he thought he was going to be like fucking super rich for some reason like he always thinks he's really talented at various things and he's not he and uh he went out there and he was apparently homeless and he was begging people for money oh. and um, yeah, putting out all these like pathetic, like I'm out on the street, man, send me money and da da da. And somehow he made it back to fucking Delaware, unfortunately, because I was hoping he was stay on the other coast. But uh, yeah. yeah, so he's, he's back and he's just fucking showing up at shows. Yeah, that's, that's good for him. Uh, not good for us, but uh, let's, let's go on to the next match. We had a uh, Masada uh, against Schlack. Which is the match that I was probably the most looking forward to. Um, mm-hmm. It was like a Doors of Death match. Uh, basically, they wrapped doors in barbed wire. They they put fucking gussets on them. They put uh, light tubes, everything you can think of, the basics of, of death matches, um, placed on top of the boards. And um, so they had four doors in each corner. They brought another one out from underneath. So they used like five or six doors throughout the whole match. Um, brutal fucking match. I mean, exactly what you would expect from a Schlack and Masada, fucking stiff, beating the shit out of each other. Both just crimson mass, just fucking, just bloody as fuck, you know? Um, there was a ton of gusset spots. And, you know, judging from these dudes, they're, they're both pretty fucking stiff. They're not going to hold back with the gusset stuff, man. So uh, both of them got torn up pretty badly. Um, Schlack, his back was pretty fucked up. He got he got hit with the gusset door. Um, mm-hmm. They had a ton of gussets on this door, and Masada just fucking slammed it on his back and uh, just completely tore him apart. And then he picked it up and just started slamming masada with the gussets on the door like on top of his head and actually legit broke the door on his head with the gussets and masada just started gushing 
Uh, then he got pissed. He took fucking half of the door that came off that still has the gussets attached. Fucking throws it in the air. <laughs> like, literally bounces off the guardrail. I think it went into the fans. It may have fell right off. But, like, he barely, like, dude, gussets, like, them shits are fucking sharp, dude. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know what they were until last week. I, I got a couple of them for TOS, and I was like, oh, that shit, this, this is no fucking joke, man. You know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it goes right in line with the stuff that I've been saying. And, you know, as well as, you know, you were saying about people stepping on the light tubes and breaking them and this and that. And, you know, stuff happens, violence and this and that. But if there's somewhat of a system to it where it looks under control, even though the guys are out of control, they're doing crazy shit, you'd never want to come near and this and that. But there's some element of, like, we're doing this in a professional manner where there's um, less than a 50% chance that you're going to get hurt as a fan. As... As much of a professionalism as you can put to deathmatch wrestling. And I don't think that's even being attempted in, in some venues. I really don't. Um, like the shit with Alex Cologne, you know, I know I'm harping on. About as unprofessional as it possibly gets. Old school CCW used to have, you could say, as crazy as it was, some people say it was nothing but deathmatches, this and that. That's always just students filling time until they can get in the ring. These were guys, you know, uh, Shawnee and Mo and like those guys, they were there for security and they wanted to keep the fans out of harm's way. And they'd come fucking flying at you because they knew a spot was coming out of get out of the way. And they would clear three rows to the left and right and a big open spot. And, you know, wrestlers would do whatever they had to do and you'd get the spots off. No one would get hurt. You know what I mean? Like, there's not even an attempt to do that type of shit anymore. It's it's crazy. And they're going to have a bigger accident than what happened to me, unfortunately, if they don't stop that type of shit. That gusset thing cleared the fucking front row and, and hit. I've seen, you know, there there was a family. I don't know who they're related to. I imagine they're related to somebody. But it's like three generations of girls. There's like an older woman like a younger woman and then like a little girl for the most part, like young teenage girl. And they've been coming for like a handful of years now. And they were front row, like in front of me when that Alex Cologne shit happened. And I think one or two of them were away. Like maybe they went to get a drink or something, but that shit was destined for their face. If it wasn't my arm, I mean, it just, let time play out and it'll prove itself if they don't get safe if they don't start doing things a little bit more professionally a little bit more carefully let time play out and i'll fucking i'll say i told you so and it's not what i'm looking to happen but it's just more and more it's just become so fucking reckless it doesn't make the you know the the violence any cooler it doesn't make it more outlaw if you actually put the fans in danger it puts the entire genre of deathmatch wrestling in danger because it'll never happen again if you hurt a kid right which is always like the main issue with carnage cup a lot of people you know because it's not just about ida be deep south it's going to affect gcw czw oh yeah across the board yeah but um yeah they they used a ton of light tubes uh the skewers were fucking brutal because he had a handful of them and when i say handful i mean a fucking handful not like you know 10 of them i'm talking fucking you know head deep uh, Schlack took it like a fucking champ. <laughs> he took it twice. He pulled it all out. He did it again. Uh, he was leaking, man. I mean, he, he was he was in pretty bad shape. Uh, same with Masada. He was he was fucking leaking. And and the gussets, they they took him, man. Um, I think the one uh, 
I think that the main crazy thing about that match was that door flying. I mean, from my my point of view, it, it mm. like it, it was pretty fucking brutal. I mean, if yeah. it's like we'll see it on the DVD when it comes out. I don't know if they'll show that part, but yeah, that door went flying right into the front row, man. Gussets are no joke, man. That shit that shit ends up on your forehead or something, dude. You you, you know you could lose an eye. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a deathmatch tournament, you should walk away with the feeling like, dude, that guy almost died, and that guy shouldn't be a fan <laughs> when you're when you're making that fucking comment. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that asshole in the front row with the NASCAR hat on. It should be that fucking guy in the wrestling ring almost died off of that spot. That's how you should feel, not the guy you came with. Right. But um, I don't know. It just uh, as far as my feelings about the match, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that um Schlack was just taken out of the first round. Obviously, we're talking about Masada. So Masada's a guy you could put in the finals every year, and I got no complaints. So it's not a matter of Masada going over Schlack, but the fact that the matter is Schlack is money. I mean, Masada was on your show saying that Schlack is money. Yeah. DJ's on your show supposedly <laughs> saying uh, saying that Schlack was green. Schlack's green. Right. DJ Hyde is Shrek calling people green. <laughs> I mean, he's he's built like Shrek. He's green like Shrek. He has no fucking business calling anyone green for as as horrible as he is in the ring after all these years of him fucking working. Wrestlers around him that work for him laugh at him regularly for his fucking in-ring in ability. They, they, he's a joke to people in ring, and he can find a handful of people that that tell him he's good, but he's he's fucking lying to himself if he believes that. So for him to call people, he was calling Matt Tremont green after the feud that he had with Tremont. He he was on a shoot interview calling him green after Tremont killed himself for almost a year, and without Tremont putting out the pain and and fucking punishment to himself that he did that whole feud would have fell flat because there wasn't anything that DJ did to, to make it work. Yeah. So he's calling a guy like Schlack Green, which, look, I mean, you could say, oh, you know, that was reckless with him throwing a thing. Well, then fucking Alex Cologne's green, too. I don't I don't know if that makes you green. It just makes you reckless. But as far as actual ring work and all of that shit, Schlack looks like 100% more cut out for it than half of his fucking roster does as far as death matches go. So I think that's crazy, and you know, if he's good enough for other companies to put over and make look like fucking gold, then that's crazy for you just to just write it off. And not only that, but dude, don't let fucking one guy in your tournament cut a promo, and you plan on putting that one guy out first round. Did you see any other tournament of death promos other than Schlack's? Nope. He's the only one doing uh, promos for fucking tournaments every tournament he's in he actually cuts his own promos on his own spare time so either you gotta hustle and you gotta get the rest of your guys to cut promos or tell them look i, I can't put a promo out man we got nobody else lined up for promos you're going out first round i'm gonna look like a complete jerk off you know george gatton put out a promo because the match he was in meant a whole lot to him from what i heard he did great shit too so i don't know but um you'll have to tell me but um you know i don't know uh I just think that's an insane move to just have this guy who's really, really fucking over with the fans. Whether you like it or not, I don't know if he's mad because he's doing shit with GCW. I, I don't know what the actual answer is. But the guy's super fucking over, and he's burying him on his card. So other people are going to make the money that Schlack is worth. Yeah. Um, obviously, we both thought that he was going to go to the finals and win this whole world. Hoping yeah. it, that he was going to win this whole fucking thing. 
once we talked to DJ, once he said how green he is and how, you know, like he it. literally said the reason he Schlack hasn't wrestled a single match in CZW yet is because he's too green. That's why he has him attack people and just set up angles instead of doing full-blown matches because he's not ready. When he said that, I'm like, all right, well, if he's not letting him do a single match, he's not going to the second round or th- he's not doing three matches if he's not letting him do one match on, on an event, you know? So uh, that's kind of a letdown that he... And that's him like that because it's it's like, dude, he's the most fucking over guy he, that was right. out there. Like, why would you do this? And not only do I think he's pretty wrong about that, while he might be young in the business and all that, and I'm sure he, you know, he has a long way to go as far as being like the best he can be. Um, he's clearly presentable. The match he had with Marcus Crane could main event any show, any CCW show could be main evented with that exact match, and the fans would be ballistic for it. Right. Um, on top of that. That's probably the most unprofessional thing to say as an owner, to tell an audience that this guy isn't a good enough wrestler for me to present, so I have him coming out to attack people in a monster angle. Like, some shit, like, I understand kayfabe is sort of dead, but, I mean, that's some off-air shit, man. That's not something you should be putting out to the fucking world, like... This guy isn't a good enough wrestler yet, so we have him working this and that's that's crazy shit. In my opinion, I, I think that sounds insane. Yeah. I mean I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, it doesn't look very good on your part. Like if I was Schlack, I'd never work there again, but I'm clearly not Schlack for many, many reasons beyond that statement. Yeah. Uh yeah, he's out of his mind, man. He's a fucking complete maniac. Uh definitely. You saw him in his uh in his environment today. Um that dude is wild. Uh, aside from the ring, that's he was just fucking a wild period. One crazy ass spot that Schlack did, which I knew he was gonna do some shit with that. And once he did that promo and he lit his hand on fire, mm. so at the end that was kind of like a teaser. Um, so I think he set up like a pane of glass or it was a door with light tube, something. He put a uh, masada on top of it, and um, actually it was the gussets. It was another door with gussets on there. Put laid masada across of it, and then uh, his elbow pad he completely fucking drenched it in lighter fluid and just lit it on fire and uh kind of did like his little macho man elbow drop and uh dude he couldn't put it out he couldn't put it out man <laughs> shit he, he was he was struggling with that thing man he had to finally rip it off and then uh that kind of fell outside and then you saw grasso kind of freaking out trying to put it out uh that could have ended in the crowd too so that was another kind of <laughs> i mean that was a little bit more understandable because the guy's burning so it's kind of like an instant yeah. action well, at least it looked good because most of the time people try to do that. It goes out like midair, mid move, and it just looks like absolute shit. I've seen that a million times where I light their hand and it keeps going out and it looks crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, good. <laughs> he fucking lit himself on fire, man. This dude went all in. Yeah. You'll see those flames on DVD for sure. <laughs> That's not something you'll miss. Um, I mm. hated the finish. I absolutely hated the fucking finish. It was the worst finish they could have came up with. Do you know what the finish is? No. Well, you're going to hate it, too. Uh, so the finish is Masada gets the skewers again. I think he puts it in his mouth, maybe, or puts it on his forehead again. I couldn't see from my from where I was sitting. But the skewers make Schlack tap out. They had oh, Schlack that. out in his first fucking match against Masada with skewers. The same guy that just got hung from the fucking ceiling while he was drinking a beer. Taps out. Yeah. Come on. Come on, man. 
that's terrible. It, it just this is the introduction to the fucking to possibly a brand new audience, and you have this guy fucking tap out. That was yeah. I hated that. I said uh, they're really passing up an opportunity, and the biggest thing, you know, um, the thing I, I will give GCW credit for, and um, you know, like the companies like PWG and you know different stuff like that. They're jumping on matches right away. You can't wait. The Indies is not a fucking we'll see in three months with that. Well, Schlack might not be ready this year. Next year, we'll give him some more. You don't know. Any kind of crazy shit could happen, and there might not be just a next year. He could blow his fucking knee out. He could. Yeah, I mean, I'm not wishing anything on him. I'm just saying anything can happen. And then there might not be, like, look. He put Scotty over in a one tournament at death. He didn't have another opportunity to put JC over. You know, JC was in that finals, but he was doing Scotty another solid because he almost killed Scotty with the fucking pane of glass, with the wrong type of glass. Right. So he gave him the world title. He gave him the tournament of death. He gave him it. Come on. JC Bailey deserved the tournament of death over Scotty Vortex. But the fact that it matters, he was doing a favor and he figured, yeah, we'll get JC later. And unfortunately, he didn't get the opportunity. JC's gone. So, um, you have to kind of jump on your opportunities right away. And I think Schlack is one of those guys, a fresh face. You got to put at least in the fucking finals, you know, not going to be a complete asshole and be like, I'll accept nothing more than Schlack winning this thing. I mean, at least put him in the finals. You put Connor Claxton in the finals again. This is the second time you put this guy in there. He's not over with the crowd. He's really fucking not. I mean, you might get an occasional wrench chance and maybe he's really over a dojo wars, but I mean, come on guys. Is he super fucking over? You have an unknown guy in the finals up against Connor Claxton, who is is not super over with the crowd. He's just not. But but that's later in the card. Yeah, and you know, we'll definitely get into the finals. But um, yeah, I mean the the Schlack thing. I mean that wraps it up. It was it was a crazy match for what it was. It was pretty fucking brutal and reckless and oh everything that I expected except for the finish because the finish was just god awful and. You know Masada would put this guy over any day. I mean, clearly he likes the guy. Masada put over fucking Connor Claxton last year. Come on. Yeah. You know? And, this, you know, with Schlack, that's like a pass-out, not tap-out guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. keep fucking doing shit where he's not tapping, he's not tapping, and you know, have Masada take it, like, way over the line where he starts to stab his eyeball or something, and he passes out. You know, do, do something where it looks like, whoa, fucking... And then eventually Schlack maybe passes out or something, but not fucking gives up. That's that's crazy. Yeah, or just have it, you know, have an interference. Have somebody fucking beat up Schlack and help Masada out and set up an angle with Schlack and that guy in the future. You gotta do you can't just have this guy tap out in his first fucking match, dude. Yeah. Especially when he comes out for the past six months when he's been doing these interferences and the whole fucking roster's terrified of him. Why would they be terrified now? He tapped out his first fucking match. Who gives a shit? You know, I didn't like it. Um, next match was a three-way match with the panes of glass. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch, uh, RSP Ricky Shane Page, and uh, Jimmy Havoc coming from London from uh, Progress, I guess, or WXW. I guess he's doing all of them. Um, yeah. This Jimmy Havoc, dude, I, I mean, I, I'm not familiar with him. I honestly thought he was a fan at first because he was enjoying <laughs> his gimmick thing. And, like, he walked by me, like, ten times. I was like, oh, this dude's weird. Because he's got the weird haircut and shit. I was like, man, I've never seen this fan before. This is, this is one of the creepy ones. And then I thought later on, I was like, oh, shit, that's Jimmy Havoc. I didn't have no clue that was Jimmy Havoc, you know. Because he's a really small dude. Skinny dude. I thought he was a lot bigger than that. Um, 
I, I don't know what you've heard. He's uh, I mean, he took a ton of spots overall. I, I don't think he was anything special. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but I can't say I left wanting more of the guy. You know, pause. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, just quick update too, because um, you know now I'm starting to see the uh, the posts rolling in from people who were there. Uh, Cookie guy Steve, uh, ref fan Steve, whatever you want to call him. Right. Um, you know, huge, huge, longtime CZW fan. Um, dude is as invested in CZW, you know, literally over time as you could uh, possibly imagine. He posted. Uh, I'm truly convinced that TOD doesn't mean shit to CZW anymore. Right. So, I mean, you know, the posts that are rolling in are really speaking for, you know, people's disgust for what this, this card was. And, you know, look, I'm I'm going to watch it myself and I'm going to give my match-by-match review, you know, later in the week, hopefully, you know, on the solo deal. But um, I, I, I'm not hearing positives coming out of this show as, as this was, you know, anything to write home about. So... Yeah, it's it's crazy. But this was the one three-way match and um right? Right. And I actually uh, I, I talked to Steve at, at the show and um just like I think it was earlier on in the show and uh just going in, I mean everybody that that, that was at TOS they were like, "Yeah, I mean it's it's not going to be what it was last week, you know." So I mean a lot of people I think went in not expecting much but to leave disappointed, you know. <laughs> That that says a lot, and I, I honestly I I don't want to say they were phoning it in because it's hard to say that when it's a show that revolves around a bunch of dudes taking light tube spots and all this brutal shit. But at the same time, it's like compared to the rest of the TODs and compared to TOS from last week, it wasn't what I was expecting, you know. Especially with the botches and some of the a lot of the booking. I, I I I mean I was shocked. It was a lot of surprises, but not in a good way. You know, I wasn't expecting fucking Connor Claxton to to go on. You gotta you gotta check out this uh this extra comment. Someone was like, Oh, that bad, this and that. He comments, listen to this. It was pretty bad. A lot of botched moves. Haven't heard that many you fucked up chants in a long while. Ring staff, students, not the veterans, need a refresher course before any big show on what they need to be doing for wrestlers and fans' sake. No ambulance or police showing up like they are supposed to. It's like the state of Delaware didn't care this year, so the staff almost had to do double duty on that shit. And on top of that, Danny Havoc's vehicle gets stuck in the swamp area outside of DJ's so house. That was his car. Okay. Wow, dude. I'm sorry. I feel bad. Yo. Oh, that's another you fucked up chant. All up in his car, man. Like, that shit is sinking, dude. <laughs> wow. That's horrible. Damn. Oh, that's... oh man. Jesus. Now, I mean, dude. And again, this I, I mean, I haven't talked to, to Steve since, since the show happened. I said basically the same thing. The botches were insane. You know, like, dude, when you watch this, like, you might as well put half the car on Botchamania. You know, it was that crazy. Ton of fucking botches. And surprisingly, Jimmy Lloyd wasn't one of the botches. <laughs> which says a lot. You know, like, fuck, man. That is absolutely crazy. But uh, this pain's a glass match. Um... John Wayne Murdoch, fucking nutcase, obviously. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's watching the IWA stuff know 
he'll go all in. That dude will take any fucking thing. Um, I had a feeling he wasn't going to go on to the second round just because of the promo that he cut for TOD. Uh, because he basically kind of like gave him like a backhand compliment. Like, yeah, this is a big deal to be here, but this isn't my company. He cut a promo for TOD? Yeah, yeah. He put it on his page. Uh, he was uh. saying that he's coming there to take it for IWA. And I was like, oh. uh, yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's not happening, dude. Well, you're losing clearly. Yeah, because the IWA angle has been scrapped, right. so it's it's not gonna. Yeah. Yeah, and he was like saying like he's been loyal to one promoter, and that's Ian because he believed in him. So he was basically just saying like, yeah, like CZW is not my home. I'm like, well, yeah, what's the point of this promo then, man? You're just like, saying like you don't give a shit right. about doing this tournament, basically, and you're all about IWA. So it's like, eh, well, it's kind of pointless. Um, yeah, I, that's why I didn't see it because it was only on his page. It wasn't like posted on CZW site or, or any CZW's pages because I, I had to unfriend him on Facebook when he started begging fans for pizza money. So, um, I yeah, I don't see anything he posts. <laughs> this actually happened. This this was a yeah. fact. <laughs> he was legitimately sending fans in New Jersey messages saying, "Dude, I left my wallet in my girlfriend's car." Can you please order pizza for me and my kid? And in like Alabama or something. Yeah. Yeah, I just just dirtbag shit, man. So now nah, I don't want to be friends with that guy on Facebook, on in life, in uh, on anything. So we had uh, RSP and and Jimmy Havoc and fucking uh, John Wayne Murdoch. Um, this was a really good match. I, I can say I enjoyed this one. Uh, not too many complaints from this match. Obviously, that's what you would expect, though, because, you know, RSP and John Wayne, they've been fucking killing it. Right. They have great chemistry. I mean, so naturally, I was expecting this to be a good match. Um, I mean, the first spot with the glass was like a drop kick through the glass, and they ended up using all the panes of glass within, like, 10 seconds. So, like, essentially, everybody went through one. And mm-hmm. They started off with a bang, you know, so that got a huge CZW chant, which was probably one of the only CZW chants all night, to be honest with you. Um, not too many not too many chants. I mean, the crowd was kind of dead, to be honest with you. Uh, TOD, I mean, dude, it's fucking hot. You're sitting out there for eight hours. I get it. But, uh, I mean, for big spots, you know, if, if people are invested enough, they'll get up and fucking chant, you know. I didn't see really too much of that tonight. Um, but this, this was fucking cool as shit. They did this one spot that was... That was real fucking crazy. Uh, they picked up like a pane of glass, kind of like what Masada did um, with Danny Havoc, and they just like like threw it in the air and fucking it shattered, and mm-hmm. it like showered the ring. You know what I mean? Like, dude, like the whole fucking ring got showered with glass. And nice. I'm sure on camera like that'll look that'll look real cool. Um, overall, John Wayne Murdoch was a fucking mess, as always. You know, he had the wife beat her back, fucking just leaking. After the match, this dude didn't fucking, like, wipe off or anything, man. He was just fucking just dried blood, like, three hours later. I'm like, dude, you're not even wrestling anymore tonight. Like, Why the fuck don't you just, like, just get some water, man? Just fucking rub this shit off of you, you know? Yeah. So he was looking basically homeless by the end of the night. Um, <laughs> great fucking match, though. I mean, RSP, all of them fucking killed it. I don't remember uh, too many other spots. I mean, the main spots were the, the panes of glass. Um a lot again. A lot of people were saying Jimmy Abbott was terrible, and like I don't think he did anything spectacular. I didn't think he was like awful or anything. Though, you know, a lot of people were saying he was slow. Hmm. Uh, I remember Kevin Scally. Uh, big shout out to him. I know he always listens. Uh, he fucking he was saying like the guy was like in slow motion basically. 
Hmm. Yeah, I really don't know. I know, you know, CCW, again, I've been to so many of these things. If you bring in an outsider, that fucking guy, you're going to put him over. You're going to put him near the finals. By the time he hits the finals, you better have him blowing the fucking crowd away. No Beckham. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's no way that, like, that guy can go to the finals and actually win the thing without having won the crowd over. Because, you know, he's not fucking there next month. You know what I mean? Like, you, he's got to go back to England or wherever the fuck he came from with the CCW fans going, man, I can't wait for that guy to come back. Like, this guy won Tournament of Death. Like, no one is like, holy shit, that guy was great. No one's even dying for this guy to come back. And he just won your biggest deathmatch prize, you know, as it were. I, I don't know. It just seems like a real wild decision. I still think from... From the start, I thought it was a political move all day. So, you know, kind of pats, you know, the, the European side of things on the back. So then when they go over their bookings, it works out better for DJ. Maybe they put Sammy over in a tournament. Again, I don't know if Sammy had anything to do with the booking here. But it just, I mean, the the Pro Wrestling Hollywood guys were all booked because they booked DJ. Right. Um I mean, a lot of that shit happens with him. You could just kind of trace the lines of, oh, what's DJ doing next month? Like, oh, okay, I see why they did that. Yeah. So. So, in, uh, DJ had in progress in UK. Yeah, fucking, yeah. yeah. WXW or whatever. First round was, was, was pretty decent as far as the two matches, uh, Masada and Schlag and the three-way. Um, again, the Conor Claxton, I think the one spot was probably awesome. Other than that, nothing else really stood out to me with this match and Margera. And um, the first match was, was had a lot of potential, but a lot of botches. ton of botches. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, let's go on to the next match. Uh, we had the four-way, which uh, I missed most of this. Um, but you were right. Apparently, it was a fucking crazy match with uh, Dan O'Hare, George Gatton, and uh, Jimmy Lloyd. And... Um, Who's the other guy, Kit, Kit Osborne? Yeah, Kit Osborne. He's been around for a while, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, Kit Osborne, I always kind of expected more out of because as far as, like, a you know cruiserweight-type dude is, I always thought he was pretty impressive, honestly. Like, they brought him in, like, years ago for, like, a squash match with Robert Anthony, and, like, Anthony beat the fucking shit out of him and, like, you know, like, multiple power bombs, like, repeating power bombs and shit, and just, like, yeah. you know, they, they used him to put robert anthony over as like a credible i think he was either champion or contender for champion up against um ambrose at the time mox right. um but uh you know they they had him kill him they had g's kill him another show and it was like they were kind of like fucking you know having this dude like pay his dues or whatever and take some fucking beatings and i really expected him like within the next coming years after that to show up on like best of the best shows or something because it really seemed like they were, you know, grooming him, I guess, to, uh, you know, be something in the company. And he just didn't. He just didn't. He didn't develop into something they were using at all. Like, he just, you just kind of see him at shows sitting there. And uh, I guess once they started the student shows up, they reintroduced him to being a student. Um, and uh, I don't know. All of a sudden, he's never been a deathmatch guy. And then suddenly this, this four-way came up and was like, I, I guess I'm doing deathmatches now. Uh, so I don't know. I I always expected to see some surprising stuff out of the kid. He he takes care of himself. He actually fucking trains, unlike half of the fucking people in the locker room. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, the couple spots that I did see, I mean, Jimmy Lloyd obviously fucking bled his ass off, as expected. Right. Uh, Osborne, he was getting a lot of like uh, clean your pussy chants and shit like that because <laughs> like he had like a like a blood spot on right in right near his genital area, so they were saying he has like period blood uh, and yeah. whatever. Um, he was barely bleeding though. I mean, obviously, you know, it was, like first death match. I didn't expect the guy to yeah. just fucking cut his forehead wide open and fucking bleed all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, the one cool spot was uh, they took a door, they completely lit it on fire, and um, Kid Osborne went through it with uh, Dan O'Hare, kind of doing like the, um, like the, like the the bulldog slam. You know, British bulldog had that one slam. I forget what it's called. His finisher. Uh, the running power slam or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. He kind of did that through the Oklahoma Stampede or something. Yeah. Um, so he did that through a flaming door, and the door was actually on fire, which I appreciated because lately TOD, every, every, I don't know, man, every fire spot kind of seems to be a botch. I don't know if you remember last year with Ricky Shane Page and Tremont when they lit the towels on fire. And yeah, there was just too much weight to even get into the match for that. Like, they, they should have soaked the fucking things rang the fucking bell and then had the fucking guy, you know, lighting the fucking things on fire. Instead, they lit them all on fire and then started hitting people's entrance music. And yeah. I was like, dude, what you, it's going to be six minutes before these fucking guys even get... To... Yeah. Plus, there wasn't even enough lighter fluid on there because, like, the towels didn't even burn properly. They just kind of fell off. I mean, at first, the shit looked fucking awesome. It really did. Like, the, the initial look of that whole ring, like, the, the barbed wire ropes with the towels burning on it. Because they had, actually, it was, like, pieces of wood that were on it, too. Yeah. They were burning. Yeah. And it, it, initially, it looked cool as hell. But by the time the uh, the bell rung, it was just, like, smoldering at best. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they did it at Carnage Cup. But that's that's one thing they pulled off with the, with the fire on the barbed wire. Yeah, they probably had fans hold their lighters on the ropes <laughs> the entire time. Relight them the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you guys see them going out, just feel free to step <laughs> up, pour some of your fucking 80-proof alcohol on it, and fucking get it going. But uh, Dan O'Hare won this match. Uh, from what I hear, it was a crazy fucking match. I mean, I, I heard a ton of light tubes being shattered, so I'm sure mm-hmm. they did a bunch of crazy shit. Um, Jimmy Lloyd took the weed whacker, uh, in case you wanted to know. Uh the weed whacker is completely ruined for me now. Um, just cause, like <laughs> they're they're really oversaturating with yeah. that shit. Like they've gone like at, at one point it was like Mondo took a fucking weed whacker to his stomach, and then in like two years, this past like two years, I've seen like eight people do it, and it's like he took five weed whacker shots in that match, and it's like come on, man, yeah. what the fuck. Um, I mean, GCW, as much as I love the product, I mean, they do it every every week. I mean, not every week, every show. Every show, yeah. I mean, Zandig just took two last week and fucking completely fucked him up, you know? Mm-hmm. And then this week, you know, you have Jimmy Lloyd take him. And um, I think the last time CCW used it was uh, Cage of Death, right? Four-way? Gulak, maybe? Uh, um, yeah, that was that was a, a gimmick fucking weed whacker, well, yeah. though. It had, like, the like, bullshit string. I think it, yeah, it was garbage. And it was like a battery-powered weed whacker. Battery-powered weed whacker with string instead of the fucking, like, the actual whip shit, you know, the plastic string. Right. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it was oh. It was a complete gimmicked uh, situation there. And then they tried to, like, yeah, but still. Like, not still my ass, man. I, I've watched a guy's flesh get ripped off with a fucking weed whacker in this company. Like, you're not allowed to just make a prop now. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um... But I heard also um, Gatton took a 
some kind of razor board shit, like a razor board, pane of glass, fucking spot. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like crazy shit. Yeah, I missed that. I mean, I saw him after the after the match. He was fine. Um, but I mean, they they said he did well. From what I heard, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was probably a good match. I got I I didn't watch it, so I don't really know. I just heard the weed whacker came out, saw the fire, basically saw what I knew. <laughs> They could have been barbecuing and fucking trimming the edges for all you knew. Yeah, exactly. Heard the weed whacker and came out, you know. Yeah. Saw fire, heard a weed whacker. Probably crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Could have been the grill on the fucking. (laughs) Next next match was uh, Madman Pondo and Matt Tremont in a fans bring the weapons match. Uh. Jesus. Uh oh. Alright, so I, I like Pondo a lot, okay? I do like Pondo a lot. He was like one of my first guys I saw in CZW. Um, I'll never forget. Like, the, do you remember the match he had with like Cronus with the cactus and shit? Mm, not offhand, but that was like early, early season. That was like '99 ish, I think. Yeah, yeah. Shit like that. But uh, yeah, this is I mean, clearly not the same Pondo. It's like almost a decade later. You know, no more than a decade later. Almost two decades later. Uh, almost a decade later since you've seen him in CZW last, though. Uh, got a ton of weight on him, man. I mean, he's, he's a big dude now, man. He's like fat as shit. Um, it was it was rough, man. It was rough because like Tremont, man. I feel I feel fucking bad for Tremont, dude. Because this guy fucking kills himself every show, and after a while, you almost you're just like, oh, dude, you don't have to do this every time. You know, the first two spots of the match was the same ones he took from Supreme. You know, the bundles of light tubes in the corners. He goes fucking back first into them, full-blown, just fucking his shit up, you know? And it's like, dude, you just... And if you saw what Tremont looked like after last week's TOS, dude, you'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah. you shouldn't wrestle tonight. Dude, he looked like... Like, his stomach was all cut up, his chest was cut. And I'm not talking small cuts. I'm talking, like, shit, like, that looked like somebody stabbed him with a butcher knife. You know what I mean? Like, this dude yeah. just lacerated all over the place. Well, so- you look at what he did um, when the the last GCW show when he did wrestle Supreme and he had almost lost his eye, like that type of crazy, crazy blood, and he was bleeding his ass off. What was that? A week later, Carnage Cup. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. Like he's doing kind of multiple months where it's like, this is, I guess two months in a row, isn't it? Yeah, dude. I mean, that Supreme match was kind of the start of it. That was like insane, and then he. He got cut really badly at Carnage Cup the week after. Yeah. And after a month later, really Gage bad. match. Yeah, and then he did the fucking Gage match and almost killed himself. And then this week, he, he went into this. So, like, he, needs, he probably should rest for a little while. Uh, before Onita, I wouldn't recommend taking any more fucking crazy spots. Um, ton of weapons. They they brought in a bike. Like a, like a fucking like a, just like a bicycle. <laughs> Uh, they laid it down, and that was that was the finish. Uh, he took like a fucking slam. Pondo took a slam to it, and um, I mean, that, I'm sure that it didn't look cool. I'm sure it hurt like hell because it's a fucking bicycle. Yeah. But uh, you know, like spots like that, I never really understand because like light tubes look cool as shit. You know, all these other things look cool, and then it's like, yeah, dude, this kills, but like it doesn't look cool. You know, like cinder blocks at least you're just, it, that's more relatable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Than a bicycle. Um. Well, from what you're saying, it doesn't look like Pondo's been riding a bicycle anytime no. recently. So at least he did ride it at the end, though. He did ride around the, the ring for a second. Did he? Oh, he's got a start going. Uh, the most depressing spot was a, I guess, a spot they were trying to do with um, uh, Tremont going to the top rope with 
Pondo and uh, having him climb to the top rope. Although Pondo couldn't seem to get himself up on the top rope, so uh, Matt Tremont had to kind of help him. And uh, Tremont couldn't even get him up there, so they kind of just chalked that up. And uh, they did some other shit, which I, I, I forget. But uh, the one spot that did stand out, that stand out to me was uh, they took a bunch of light tubes and they put it inside of a garbage can. And um, Matt, uh, Matt Tremont just kind of threw Pondo headfirst into the trash can, which I thought was retarded because you can fucking lose an eye like that easily. Oh, yeah. Going headfirst into fucking light tubes inside of a trash can where it can explode anyway and fucking just shards. We only have so much room in a trash can, you know? That that was a retarded spot to me. But uh, he cut himself pretty badly. I mean, he was, he was fine afterwards. He yeah. pulled out his fucking, uh, his, like, you know how he brings different, like, weapons, like the, the saws and all that shit. He did that. Um... I mean, it was it was a good it was an okay match. It was exactly what I expected, you know, from a fans bring the weapons match. Tremont did what he did, you know, what he could. Um, it is it is what it is. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like terrible or anything, but uh, it's it's what I expected. It was it was fine. Yeah, I mean, again, I said this before we went on air, but Madman Panda's forty seven years old. Yeah, he looks like it. You know. I mean, the dude's a deathmatch legend, like I said last week. I wasn't excited at all for this match. I'm still not. There's nothing you're going to tell me that's going to make me excited. Tell me that he's fatter than ever, especially. Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, he's 47 years old. My man, man, Pado's never been a ring technician. Um, you know, so on top of that, to just, like, add years and weight and everything else. And, I mean, dude, I... I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine doing the things that he's done in that ring for as many years as he's done it, and at 47 years old, just be fucking scaling the top rope and doing shit without fail. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be rough, you know. If, it, yeah. if you're getting too hyped up for like a perfect pondo match, you might want to pump your brakes a little bit because it's, uh, it's gonna be rough. Well, it's never happened, so yeah. Don't get, don't get used to it. Um, then we had the semifinals. We had Jeff Cannonball uh, going one on one with Connor Claxton, and, and kind of like a like a little bit of everything match. Yeah, like barbed wire, tacks, gussets, tubes, pains, a little bit of everything. Um, I wasn't a fan of this match at all. I kind of just tuned out. Um, one for the simple fact that they took Schlack out and they let both of these guys go in. I was just kind of like, eh, like, eh. This is not a match that I want to see on any card, really. You know, to be perfectly honest. Again, I like Cannonball, nice guy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a nice dude. It's, it's just, I'm not invested in either guy, really. So I really I don't have too much input on this because I kind of just tuned out. I didn't really want to see it anyway. Uh, <laughs> and from, from what I heard, it wasn't really a great match anyway. There was nothing really crazy that happened in this. Um, the one spot that I do remember was uh, they had, uh, they had like, like light tubes laid across like, uh, like a barbed wire net. And they, they did something with that. And mm. That's about it. It, was, it wasn't anything crazy with this. Um, Masada and uh, <clears throat> Jimmy Havoc was the next one, which uh, that kind of intrigued me. I thought that was that was cool, like to see Masada and him. Uh, people, a lot of people hated this match. I didn't hate it. Uh, it was a, it was a light tube match. There was a ton of fucking bundles of light tubes. They smashed it all over the place. Um, as you can imagine, Masada beat the shit out of the guy. Uh, that's kind of expected. Yeah, um, that's that's the thing. I think uh, a lot of times, you know, if you get a guy who's not really over with the fans or hasn't really maybe proved himself to the CZW fans or whatever crowd they're in front of. 
if that guy runs into Masada within that tournament, that's kind of going to be like, you know, prove yourself time. Because generally Masada is going to be the one that, that runs you through the mill and makes sure that, you know, you earn your spot. So I'm very interested in seeing this match above anything to see, you know, where Jimmy Havoc's at as far as, you know, how I feel about him. I'm going to try to watch this tournament with an open mind and everything, even with, you know, the previous match you mentioned with Cannonball and uh, Claxton. Um, and I've seen it a ton of times where that happens. And, um, yeah, your guy goes out first round and you just fucking check out. And, you know, second round, you just might go, fuck this match. I don't care what the two of these guys do. They could do the craziest thing in the world and I don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> like, yeah. like you just get mad at it and you could definitely turn the crowd that way. I've, I've felt that a, a bunch of times. I've, I've also seen that in, um, fans bring the weapons matches where people will, go out of their way like building and building and getting really excited about their weapon and then it's not used it doesn't matter what the fuck you do in that match the fact that you didn't use that guy's weapon he hates that match yeah (laughs) oh speaking of weapons dude this was this i should have mentioned this in the beginning this was fucking hilarious uh so we we parked right up front where where they let people in right where they Uh tickets and all that stuff um so we're one of the first cars going in, even though we actually we we arrived pretty late. But uh, I I thought they were letting people in already, so I just drove up front. And they were like, "Yeah, dude, you got to wait another fifteen minutes." So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna park here right on the side, so I can just get in." Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, they had the CZW staff just walking down this fucking uh, mile and a half long fucking driveway, asking who has fucking roll call. Now I don't fucking get it. Maybe you can explain this to me. What the fuck difference does it make when the cars are already lined up, dude? Who gives a shit? Like, they, you, everybody has to stand in line now. Um, just start letting people in instead of doing this roll call bullshit and trying to get people to move their cars to let these people in. For It, it doesn't make any sense. But, I don't even think – um, I think, like, if, if they have will call, like, a lot of times um, you can get, the, like, the tickets sold and, like, transacted within that line. Like, he could go walk back and say, oh, you know, I got uh, such and such down there. Like, all right, go and you know, he'll he'll get the money or whatever. So now like when you get up there, you don't have to do the whole money and sit in there transacting. It's trying to speed the line, but when you have a single file car line going into there, there there's not a lot of speed in the line. But I think it is is an attempt so that way when you get up there you really don't have to stop. You can kind of just cruise through. You know what I mean? Uh the silliest thing I've ever seen at a TOD, uh so they give these wrestlers, right? Like uh, Ace Austin, you remember that kid that they used one time? Yeah, the flock of seagulls looking right, kid. Right, right, right. Yeah. So they have this kid walking around, right? The smallest cooler you can ever imagine in life. <laughs> probably can fit maybe like eight beers, maybe. Probably yeah. six pack. They have this fucking poor kid walking around in the hot ass fucking sun, walking down this whole fucking the parking lot, collecting fucking weapons from the cars. With the cooler. The first car fucking packed the whole cooler. This poor kid had to take fucking 47 trips from every car pretty much. Because they didn't have a bigger container than a fucking small cooler to collect weapons. Like, come on, man. If you're, you're, Especially when you're advertising that fans bring the weapons match. Just get a box. I'm not even saying go buy something. Just save a fucking box. It's a farm for God's sake. No one like we fans open- brought a, a, a fucking... Uh- Shopping cart, yeah, because that would be like the most... use a fucking shopping cart, you know, yeah. use a fucking pickup truck, yeah, dude. 
It's a farm. There's wheelbarrows. Sorry. Yeah, there's there definitely wheelbarrows. Just get yeah, a bunch yeah. of them. Like, I, I don't understand what this was. And after a while, the kid it was just like, yeah, fuck it. Dude, I'm not doing this, man. And people just kind of just brought their shit in. But uh, yeah, that was just like, wow. Speaking of, before we lose this, because I almost forgot, but uh, you had mentioned the fans bring the weapons match and all that, and that was the um, the Pondo and Tremont thing. So there was somebody online who had posted, like, I'm all about this. One of you guys are going to fucking take this. And uh, they built, like, a fucking coffin with light tubes and barbed wire and this and that. Was that there? Did they use that? Like, what? what? Yeah, that was for the finals. Oh, okay. So they ended up using the finals. They used all right. it for, the, for the finals. All right. Yeah. That's what they used. Uh, what was the next? Um, it was uh, Danny Havoc and a mystery partner against Devin Moore and uh, Drew Blood, I believe. Um, yeah, it was a $700 man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the surprise, I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be either Alex Colon, uh, fucking Lucky 13, or, you know, possibly, possibly fucking, I don't know, who else did we mention? I thought Scotty Vortex would have been like the, the go-to, like surprise where it actually would have popped the, the fans, would have made sense because he's, He's boys with Danny, used to be in the Nation of Intoxication. Like, it would have made a million points of sense. Right. Obviously, if you couldn't make it happen, you couldn't make it happen. But, um, uh, yeah, Alex, I mean, and Lucky 13 is not like a question mark guy. Like, no one's going to go, oh, shit. Like, you just announce that it's Lucky 13. And, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll do their thing out there. But that's not like a you wait and see guy. Like, that's, you know. Um, but yeah, Alex Cologne is really weird because they fucking feuded the last time he was there. Right. And then it's like mystery partner, that guy I hate. What? So his his whole thing was okay. he a promo saying like I never thought I would reach out to this guy, but I respect him so much because we went through wars. Okay. And, uh, you know, All I right. found myself desperate enough to reach out because I know he can handle it. So he brought out Alex Cologne. Okay. Uh, again, I missed some of this match. But uh, the spots that I saw this match, like for, for a scaffold match, because I, I typically don't like the Devin Moore scaffold matches at TOD. Uh, they tend to be the same thing every year. You know, he does a fucking, you know, he does a splash from the top. Somebody does a fucking, some crazy shit. You know, Dale Patrick's will fall off the top. And they'll do something. Um, and I wish I knew, like, exactly what happened. But I know um, from what I heard from several people that uh, Dev could have broke a leg or an ankle or some shit and was, like, carried off. And they had to replace him with Kid Osborne in this match, um, which man, I you know, I just get finished putting over Dev as being king of the fucking scaffold matches, and he breaks his fucking something coming off a scaffold. I guess, um, yeah, I don't know exactly what spot it was, how it happened, um, but I, that's that's crazy. I, I mean, I yeah, I wish him the best. I always like Dev, and uh, yeah, I hope fast recovery on whatever the fuck happened. I know there was two big spots where uh, they used a scaffold. One being the one that I saw where he, he actually did probably break his leg in that one. That was probably him. I don't remember who fell off the scaffold, but it, it would make sense if it was Devin. Um, they just kind of tossed him off the scaffold. It was a big fucking scaffold, you know. They usually do the spot inside the ring. He fell to the outside. Ooh. Yeah, it was rough, dude. And this was the only spot that made the crowd actually everybody stood up and was just like, oh, shit, like. Yeah, that had 
that had to be the spot that happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that fucking made everybody stand up. So definitely, definitely check that out on the DVD. I usually kind of skip over uh, this this match because uh, it tends to get repetitive after years. But um, this one was was fucking crazy. From the two spots I saw, they went all out, man. They uh, they did some real crazy dives from the fucking scaffold to the outside. All kinds of crazy shit. Um, the light tubes, ton of light tubes, which they typically don't use in these matches with, with Devin for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. They'd use a lot of light tubes. Uh, Danny Havoc re- uh, announces retirement. So I don't know if you heard that one. Yeah, I heard that one. It's weird with the Devin and the light tubes. I, I don't know if like at some point he's just like, fuck it, I'll do them. <laughs> I mean, because there was definitely a point where he was like, never again. Fuck you. If they bring him in, I'm leaving. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, that's a lot of light tubes with Devin there. You know? like yeah. So... I don't know. I maybe you just said fuck it. Yeah, I know he did it at IWA. He did like a glass match, which kind of surprised me. But uh, yeah, there was a ton of light tubes in this one, and and I'm telling you, man, that that spot with uh, I I'm, I'm guessing it was Devin since you said he broke his ankle or leg. Um, that's yeah. Spot. One person told me leg. One person told me ankle. So it could be fucking anything. He broke something that sucks. So yeah, dude, he he went fucking full-blown all the way to the outside and if you know the outside if you've been to tod that's just fucking solid ground man that's not fucking you know there's no mats or anything it's fucking solid grass yeah you're landing through light tubes and possibly a table or and some barbed wire and the rest is your fucking your ass hitting the fucking ground you know and that's that's a good fucking probably 30 feet up all the way to the ground you know it's a big dive yeah fuck um yeah that's crazy shit um, yeah, Danny uh, announced his retirement, which is kind of no surprise. Uh, I had heard that coming out of the tournament of survival, that was like the general feeling of a lot of people there were saying, like, you know, after his match, he got real emotional and it was pretty much like thanking people and saying, like, this is it and this and that. And um, Danny's a guy who would never really surprise me when he decided to retire because I never really felt like he was like in, in love with the business, so to speak. I mean, I don't want to, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, when he went out there, he would fucking kill himself. He'd go above and beyond. He was one of the craziest fucking dudes out there. One of the best deathmatch wrestlers in the world. But he was a guy who kind of worked very limited companies. He, he didn't, like, go out of his way to work everywhere. He kind of crossed Ian off the list pretty early on. Like, fuck him. I'm never working for him again. And um, I don't think Ian ever did him wrong from what I heard either. Like, he just kind of got pissed off at the way that other people were being treated or something. And uh, just decided he's never working for Ian again. And uh, several people have, including Dev, tried to, like, talk him back into, like, hey, man, you know, just just come out and work this king of the death or work this one. He refused. He he wouldn't work there. So as a deathmatch guy, you know, to cross IWA Mid-South off your list, I mean, he was primarily working CCW. Uh, you know, he went to Japan. He crossed that off the list. He, you know, he, he did a bunch of things as far as a deathmatch wrestler goes. He kind of hit all the angles that he wanted to hit. And, uh, you know, he, he did work for Ian before he decided not to. Um, so I felt like there wasn't a lot left for, for what Danny Havoc was doing. Um, CCW's changed quite a bit. It's not what it used to be. So... You know, obviously the wheels had to have been turning in his head for a while, and he's he's taken more than his share of abuse. And uh, you know, I mean, GCW's doing some crazy stuff, but he looked like he was closing his chapter there too. You know, doing a thing and uh, with Tremont, and 
sort of saying somewhat of a farewell. From what I hear, um, September at Down with the Sickness, his last match is going to be up against Alex Colon. Right. Yeah, at, at GCW, uh, he went against Masada, and you know, obviously, he's good friends with Masada and all that stuff. So they kind of hugged after the match. Oh, was it Masada? Yeah, I was thinking Tremont. So they uh, they had like a little emotional moment, and then he went outside and you know hugged Louie, and Louie was like almost crying, and then he started slapping hands with fans and stuff. I was like, oh, this is kind of like a he didn't say anything, but yeah, that's right, it was Masada. I was like, yeah, this is kind of like a retirement thing. Yeah. I don't know if you'll see him in GCW again. Maybe he'll do, like, a last match there, too. I don't know. I mean, yeah. September is a long way, so I'm guessing he'll probably do at least one more match there. But, um, yeah. yeah, he announced his... Uh, so it'll, it'll be the ladder match. Um, he said it's a different twist to it. You can bring any kind of weapons you want. So I don't know if that means light tube. Uh, I don't know what they're going for. Um, but he said literally bring anything you guys can get your hands on. So I don't know. We'll see what that means. But, uh... And then this brings us to the finals. Uh... The setup was uh, quite disappointing, to say the least. Um, very, very basic setup for a final, especially when you see King of the Death matches fucking do the House of Horrors, especially when you see TOS fucking, you know, stack the ring with light tubes to the ceiling. And then you got CZW, the OG of the fucking tournaments, you know, on the East Coast anyway. Just do the kind of like the bare minimum, and I don't. I don't want to take away from the match because they did. They did do crazy shit, you know. Like there was tubes and everything. Like of course there was. Mm-hmm. Just it didn't feel like a final, you know. Like they took the ropes down. They put three fucking ropes of barbed wire on two sides. The other two sides were completely exposed. Nothing there. Um, and then they put three single light tubes on just one of the the barbed wire ropes. So the finals was. Six ropes of barbed wire and three light tubes in the ring to begin with. Yeah. That, to me, does not scream finals. You know what I mean? That's, like, a very basic, like, that's barely a fucking no-rope barbed wire match. That's half of a barbed wire match, really. Yeah. You know? Um, there was a ton of tubes they used. Uh, they, I think they cut the match short. This was super short. It's maybe, like, six, seven minutes. Wow. Um, Jimmy Havoc injured himself pretty badly. He got cut really bad. Um, the spot was they took like a, like a fence door, you know, one of those fences. Um, they laid it across the guardrail and in, in, in between the ring. They took a pane of glass and placed it on top of the fence. Mm. That way it kind of trapped the glass. Yeah, that's, so that's that kind of retarded. And then, uh, yeah, he, he fucking threw, uh, Jimmy Havoc threw it. And as soon as it happened, they threw the X up and, uh, you can kind of see him gushing blood from the side. And um, right after that, they, they had to wrap it up, man. I mean, I think Jimmy Havoc wanted to finish the match. Um, he talked to them and kind of gave him the head nod, like, yeah, just, let's just wrap it up and go home, you know. So uh, the, the finish was uh, fucking light tubes across that coffin that somebody had built, which uh, they should thank that fan, because if, if that wasn't there, God knows what this final would have looked like. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Three fucking light tubes on a rope. Uh, so, the, yeah, the coffin had light tubes inside, Wrapped in barbed wire on the outside, barbed yeah. on the inside, light tubes on top of the the, the fucking coffin. Um, I think he did like a, I, I forget the exact move. Was, I think he just did like a backdrop into it or something like that. Mm. Um, and then, uh, well, actually, no, no, no. He he closed the, the the coffin door first, laid light tubes on top, um, did a backdrop onto that. Then he opened the fucking coffin. And then there was more light tubes on the inside, and he put more light tubes in there with the barbed wire. 
and then that came to finish, and then uh, they they wrapped it up, and that's when I when I got to rolling. So I don't I don't know exactly what move he did to finish. <laughs> I know he did something with your wheels were spinning in the mud, so yeah. you couldn't really fucking look back. You had to make that's sure you didn't end up in a ditch with Danny Havoc. Starsky yeah. and Hutch did out of that bitch. Yep. <laughs> uh, it was really disappointing to see people leave before the the finals. In your rearview mirror. Yeah, a ton of people left. Like when they were setting up the ring, like half the fucking—I don't want to say half and exaggerate, but like a good quarter left, I think. You know. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm de- like I said, I, I'm definitely gonna watch this and you know see how I feel and you know weigh it out for myself. Um, as far as the coffin goes, it's funny because like I said, this fan was actually posting like he knows that the Tremont. Pondo is fans bring the weapons. This is for you guys. I fucking pity whoever's going to take this out of you two and da, 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 da. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like he planned that with the intention of it being in that match. So I don't know if CZW had zero plan for the final or this just wound up being a better idea than whatever they did have planned. It, you know, it's, it's, you kind of wonder like that showed up and they were just like, yeah, yeah, we better shuffle that to the final because, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, overall, I don't know, man. My, my opinion could 100% change once I see it on, like, DVD or watch the actual footage. Because, again, it's it's different when you watch it on DVD. A lot of the spots from where I was sitting, I couldn't see it perfectly. So, you know, for all yeah. I know, it could, be, it could have been a much better show than I'm saying now. But overall, walking away from it, I, I was a little bit disappointed. You know, it, was, it wasn't really anything that... Of course, it was worth my $25 to go there and fucking, you know, sure. just hang out for a day and just, just watch some deathmatch wrestling. But for a TOD, it was it was definitely lackluster. I think it was probably the worst one that I've attended live, um, mm. hands down, from the last five years, I believe. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. Jimmy Havoc, don't expect to see this guy back anytime soon. This was kind of... Uh, you know how he has the worldwide wrestling network thing with progress and all that. This has probably something to do with that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's that's... just the network and build build relationships. I, I think it's probably more of a favor. I don't think it's a case of them really, you know, bringing interest. <laughs> I have a feeling, you know, when all of this fucking boils down, this network is more or less going to be like DJ f- is friends with these guys on Facebook. Like that's the, that's the network. <laughs> it's like. We liked each other's photos, so now we're friends. And look, uh, I'm gonna do him favors every time I see him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know <laughs> what the fuck because it doesn't really translate to anything for the actual like fans. <laughs> like, the, oh, it's so good that they have a network with these companies because we get. I'll get back to you on that one. Uh, right, there's nothing to present. Right. Fans. Um, I, I don't think it's ever gonna be a. a legit network where you're actually going to be able to watch these products i think by network they're just cheating themselves and saying that they're networking with each other and by that yeah, like facebook yeah like trading talent that's about it you know <laughs> uh yo we got a we got a few minutes left before it's uh before it's a two hour mark we got 10 minutes let me uh point out some uh some quick things from the lost dj interview that that you might want to chime in on yes you might, absolutely i like some of this stuff uh so I, I asked him about, uh, you know, he, you know, I, I obviously like he's he's listened to the show before, so he kind of had an idea that you know, like, do criticize him on the show, um, which he was fine with. He's he's pretty good sport about that stuff. I'll, I'll give him that. He knows what I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can say what you want about DJ, but at least like I, I respect him for coming on these shows 
especially after four or five times of getting the same shit and and uh you know just just taking it in and and not too many people are gonna come there if if they know that you're gonna bash half of the fucking product you know but um he'll come on and he'll let you ask him anything you want you know he doesn't really back down from any questions yeah i've given him credit for that over the years too because um yeah i've laid into him pretty good and uh you know i'm fair about it i don't just call him a dickhead for two hours but you know i've had him on and really questioned him about things that you know a lot of companies and a lot of owners would just say like fuck you if you don't like it go fuck yourself or you know it's none of your business or you know but he he does his best to really explain situations and kind of give you somewhat of an insight on on why this or that happened and if he didn't like it what he was going for and you know I, i think he has a horrible booking mind but that's besides the point i mean he does try to at least explain to you why or how some right. shit ended up fucked up again. So um, well, we started out with the whole Sammy thing. He said, uh, you know, whatever whatever you see from now on, if you don't like the booking, I'm 100% not in charge. If you want, I'll get Sammy on the show for you and you can talk to him. But I'm not doing any of the booking. I'm literally doing nothing with the booking. I'm just handling the backstage business and, you know, contracts, shit like that. I'm not doing any of the – well, not contracts. There's no contracts. But uh, I'm not doing any of the fucking booking at all. So everything's on Sammy, allegedly. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't know if this is going to, this is going to turn around in two months and he's going to step back in and be like, yeah, I'm back. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if it's a case of that. Uh, but we'll see. But so 100% in Sammy's hands, uh, clearly you can tell by, uh, probably fucking Davey Richards being champion. Um, that Feinstein kid winning the, the, these new Lucha American, whatever the fuck California dudes winning the tag titles. All the titles have been changed off of CZW events. Uh, so Maybe a coincidence. I don't know. Sammy just took over. All this shit happens within the same month. I don't know. You got a teacher versus student match on the upcoming show, which is, uh, well, the July show, which is uh, Sammy and the OI4K guys versus, uh, I think it's Zachary Wentz, Desmond Xavier, and then the Trey Miguel kid. Yeah. Which will be so. Yeah, that, that'll be crazy. I mean, a lot of those teacher first students matches wind up being pretty awesome because as long as the students are, you know, well-rounded and, and ready, which those guys definitely are. Um, and I've heard that Trey Miguel kid is actually really good. Um, he calls himself like the Fresh Prince of Midair or something. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, it is pretty horrible. But uh, I hear he's really good. Why would you not want to be all the way up? Mid-air, he's just mediocre at flying. Not like midair, like you know. You, yeah, I know, but it just doesn't sound good. Mid- you don't go like full air, you, you know. Yeah, dude, go all the way up, man. Reach, reach for the fucking, you know, reach for the clouds, if you will. Yeah. Well, how do you work clouds. that into being the fresh prince of anything? Yeah, I don't know, man. You should be the fresh prince of anything in 2017. Well, that. But um, anyway, <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff that you know you could tell is is Sammy. Sammy booking, um, you know, Ohio is all over the show, yeah, it's cool. but, um, but look, I mean, you know, they got, um, that Feinstein kid is up against, uh, Trevor Lee on the next show too. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. It's another good match. A lot of these matches, I can't argue with them, at least on paper. I mean, it really looks good. I'm not a fan of the, uh, what is that? Uh, the fucking, uh, Ace Romero guy morbidly obese diving guy yeah. up against uh, AR Fox. That's just copy and paste off of something else that worked somewhere else. 
So, yeah. I mean, maybe they'll get over it. Maybe they'll do crazy shit, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the fat diving guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to judge Sammy too much off of just a good card because, let's face it, DJ booked the last card, and the last card was fucking great. That doesn't really No, no, May was Sammy. Yeah. Well, when we talked to DJ, he said he said he's taking over after TOD. Really? Oh, I, I had heard that May was going to be his first show, and I think the, a lot of the press releases said that too. So maybe DJ wanted one last bit of credit before he. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I mean, I don't know. He said he said after TOD is going to be it's going to be all Sammy from. Oh, okay. Uh, I asked him about Atsushi Onita. Uh, one interesting teaser that he left us with was uh, that he's not the only guy flying out as far as Japanese talent. Yeah, the other two guys stand them with him in the video where you know, we beat yeah. Dude, I'm really hoping that's not it. I'm I'm hoping he's he's gonna reach out to some of the big Japan guys at least, man. Because I mean, if he brings in those two dudes, dude, that's that's a waste of fun. Nobody, I, and I'm an FMW. I don't even know who the fuck they are. You know what I mean? Nobody's gonna fucking pop for that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, um, and I know. Look, it's asking for a lot because it is fucking um. You know, I mean, you're bringing in Onita for Tremont, but Danny Havoc is leaving the wrestling business in in September. I would ask that fucking guy, who do you want? And, and that's that's who the fuck you're bringing in. You're bringing in whoever the fuck you can give Danny Havoc for his last big match. And, and yeah, you got him versus Alex Colon because that's a guy he's got great chemistry with. The, the two of those guys absolutely tear it up. But as far as a fly in. Who do you want in fucking August is what I tell Danny Havoc. And you do everything you can to bring that fucking guy in. That That's my opinion. There should be no one else brought in for any other fucking reason but to to do something for Danny Havoc. Whether he wants to wrestle Kasai again or, you know, whoever it is across the board, you get that fucking guy in. And that's that's who else is coming in. So, I mean, that's just my, gonna, my hopes. I going to mention Kasai. So do, do you think that's a possibility of bringing Kasai in? Because if any show, I think if you want to stack it up, this is a good show to stack it up, man. And uh, Onita, I'm sure, you know, Kasai is probably a big fan of Onita. I'm sure he was probably a big inspiration. So, Yeah, I mean, Kasai has always been a go-to for CZW as far as uh, Japanese superstars. Um, he obviously, you know, made a big impact in CZW before anywhere else really uh, as far as the states go you know he came over with the uh young kid fucking monkey tail right. not even a tenth of the scars he has on his body now i mean he looked fucking like a different human being right um when i first saw him in 01 and uh you know he immediately just fucking got over with the crowd so fast because he, he was just nuts he was nuts his personality comes through you know despite the uh the the language barrier and all that he's just one of those guys that some of those guys that could really you know nakamura you see what he does it doesn't matter what kind of language he speaks or anything his personality just jumps out at you and kasai is the yeah. deathmatch version of that right yeah so i mean I, I thought that was interesting that he uh kind of teased another japanese star coming in which uh which i think is a good idea i mean if you're if you really want to and he said he's overwhelmed with the amount of uh ticket sales and stuff so i, I don't know man I don't know. Uh, you shouldn't be overwhelmed. You should be fucking prepared. Yeah. So I don't know. If <laughs> settle down. <laughs> uh, another question I asked was uh, this. It's almost saying, like, yeah, we don't need any more ticket sales. We're all good. I'm a little overwhelmed yeah. here. <laughs> a little too much money. Yeah, no more, please. Let's get the fuck out of here. We already packed the house, but no more. 
so I asked him about the skate zone. Skate zone, he uh, said basically it's 99% at the skate zone. If not, it will be indoors. It's not going to be in Delaware. Um, the only reason is because the investors, that's the only way they'll do it. So it's not really up to him. He wants to do it outside. And there's no other way, really, is basically what he's saying. It has to be indoors. That's what they want. That's what they're getting. Uh, as far as, which I think is, is real interesting to point out, is because I was under the impression this is a no-rope barbed wire explosion match, which is kind of an advertiser, kind of teased. Um, he said he doesn't even know what kind of match this is going to be so far. <laughs> what an asshole. So. The owner of the company doesn't know what type of match it's going to be. Well, his whole thing is they're Wait. trying to work out to see what they can get away with. He's not sure if they can full-blown do an explosion match inside. So my guess know. is personally, like a lot of people are probably going to think they're doing like the like cage with the explosion. Like, dude, if they're not doing no real barbed wire, they're not doing the fucking cage, believe me. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not. And I think honestly, I, I think they'd be asinine to do another fucking cage match when you just had Joey and Tremont in a fucking cage of death match. Again, guys, they used to use non-cage of death cages for anything that wasn't cage of death. Like, that was a special event. I mean, you're, you're talking about them eliminating it all together, but, I mean, that was December. That was fucking CZW's Christmas, CZW's WrestleMania, this and that. You can't have a cage match every three months, and you know damn well they're going to pull that cage of death cage out again if they use any cage. So, no fucking way should they be using a cage again, no matter how special Onita and Dreamon is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I don't want to see it in a cage anyway. Um, I want to see just a no-rope old school explosion match but uh he, he kind of you know hinted at man eh, maybe we're not going full-blown which i think a lot of people are going to be disappointed in because i'm i was personally under the impression that this is going to be a no rope explosion match because uh personally talking to Tremont, having those guys on the show or personal conversations at shows i have a feeling they were under the impression that they're going to full old school fmw no rope explosion because you know when we had him on, you can go back and listen. I mean, he said they're going to do it right. They're going to do it exactly how they did in Japan. Right. It leads me to believe that's a no-rope explosion match. Um, the way DJ explained it was, hey, like, we're trying. We'll do what we can get away with, but I'm not promising anything. I don't know if it's a full-blown explosion match. I honestly think they're going to kind of do that uh, the baseball bat gimmick with the explosions, which is like, ah, oh, dude, I, I'd rather they just don't do the match if they're going to yeah. do that, man. That's... I would expect a little more than a bat. I think if anything, you get like some kind of explosion finish, but it's not going to be like throughout the match, like you know, yeah, like every bump. Right. Yeah. I, I think if anything, maybe they set up something so they get one big blow off at the end. They fucking open those side doors with some powerful fans, and they get one big pop. You know, maybe on the ropes, the side closest to that wall. I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I, it's all speculation, but. Uh, you know, we've talked about it before. You know, full-on explosion cannot happen in that fucking building, smoke-wise. Just can't. Yeah. Uh, that, that was my next question to him was how, how the fuck are you going to deal with the smoke? And he said he's not going to deal with it. He's flying in pyro guys from Japan, and they, they're used to this stuff, so they're going to deal with it. I don't know what this dude can't deal with fucking eye pay-per-view. <laughs> at, at the Comcast building at that. <laughs> yeah, it just... <laughs> He's not sure where know. it's going to be. He's not sure what type of match it's going to be. It's Owner of the company, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I'm sure iPay-Per-View is still not happening, right? Like, despite the fact that he's spending uh, thousands upon thousands of dollars actually, on this. Actually, actually, I totally forgot about this. This is actually, I, I believe, like, this is kind of breaking news. Because I don't. I, they haven't announced it, and he told us about it. 
so iPay-Per-View is coming back. And uh, it's coming back, and it's actually going to be part I'm of the CZW network, so you can watch it live on the network with the subscription, which is what they should have done. Did they stamp a year on when that's happening? or? Uh, I don't remember. I think he may have said maybe for the Onita show. I'm not positive, though. But it's def- Maybe, possibly. I remember when I asked him, is Best of the Best going to be a fucking iPay-Per-View? Like, look, I, I want to watch that that night. Like, I got people uh, want to come over. We're going to watch it and this and that. Uh, we won't know until we get there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so there's people using pay-per-view in the building, like before you in the doubleheader, but like, no, couldn't couldn't get it done. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that's that's good news for uh, the people that are subscribed to CZW Studio, so you can actually watch it live on the network now. I believe it when I see it. Oh yeah, I mean, according to him, it's happening. That's a thing. So they had to refund at least two eye pay-per-views before they stopped doing them. So they that's that's not like a you know immediate success type situation they they really gotta i don't know <laughs> uh one more thing uh when we were talking about schlack um he said the main issue with schlack is like you know like the bloodthirsty ccw fans want schlack get all the titles and win tod and he was like well you know i had him booked for one of these wwn live show i don't know what the fuck the company was but uh, he was like, yeah, like they did some some research on him and they came up with this controversial stuff from back in the day. And then, you know, I asked him, I was like, oh, you're talking about the Nazi stuff. And he was like, yeah, you know, that came up. So they kind of took him off the show. So at the same time, I'm kind of dealing with this. So like, I'm trying to cater to a, a larger crowd, but I can't do it with guys like Schlack that have this kind of reputation, you know. And mm. um, he kind of nipped that in the butt saying that the Nazi stuff, he was just a kid like fucking around. But then again, I, I don't really know how that deep that goes because... There's a ton of stories of him being in bands from from the past that were, you know, fucking skinheads and all that stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, DJ could very well shy away from the guy, but like, I, I don't think you could just like use the guy lower on your card and you won't catch any heat for it. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, making him champion obviously will bring more attention to him or something, but. I, I mean, can you just like if the guys are like a legit Nazi, can you just book them lower on your card and not catch any kind of flack? I mean, I, I don't think that that's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those guys that where if you associate with them and there's something legitimately fucked up, well, you're associating with them. I don't. The you know the the media is not going to go. Well, where on the card is he booked? I mean, if he's the opener, then it's not that serious. But you know, if that guy is after intermission, fuck that company. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I did make. Mention- well, let me see. Was Shaheen in the building when he wrestled? Because it, you know, because that's got to be about the middle of the show. <laughs> uh, EYFBO and Homicide. He said they will be back um, eventually, whenever you can book them. Um, a lot of those guys are in TNA. So that's pretty vague. Yeah. We'll be back eventually. Yeah. Whenever. Eventually, DJ's, you'll see those guys. DJ's king of vague, dude. He really is. Uh, yeah. One thing that I, I think you would have found interesting, I'm sure a lot of people would find interesting, is uh, I asked him about the uh, Joe Gacy running the Facebook Live. Uh, yeah. He sure. wasn't a fan of the Facebook Live stuff himself. Because I, I told him, I was like, dude, that rap ruined it for me. It was like the most amateur shit that you can possibly do. You mm-hmm. have this guy fucking fake fifth fighting fans and using light tubes in a real fight and going live on Facebook. Yeah. It's grandma walks in, in the middle of a fucking program. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's ridiculous. And you got... You got this guy holding your title. And, and, you know, he said it. He was like, dude, I actually had nothing to do with that. 
which I find just ridiculous because it's like, dude, it's your company. Like, you, you should have something to do with that. You know, if the guy's yeah. carrying your title and he's doing something on Facebook that you're, you don't approve of, uh, contact the guy. I'm like, hey, man, the fuck, man? I didn't, I didn't say you can do that. You're kind of representing the whole company. You can't just go on Facebook Live and argue fans. You know, it's not really a thing. It went on for months. Come on. Yeah. So, I mean, he wasn't a fan of that either. Uh, he hated that. Um, with his whole thing is like he he, he said uh, the whole run with him turning heel. He's like, hey, you know, that's generic uh, DJ answer. And he's getting a reaction, you know, kind of like the Roman Reigns. He compared him to Roman Reigns. He said, uh, oh, yeah, very similar. <laughs> yeah. Well, nine, with the nine WWE references in the interview. Two of those were Roman Reigns references. Yeah, he loves to Roman. Joe Gacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves Roman. But, uh, yeah, he wasn't a fan of the, the Facebook Live stuff. Uh, I asked him about his uh, relationship with Zandig. Uh, he said he hasn't really talked to him since Zandig left. I mean, he has no love lost for him. Um, he made a good point. He said, you know, I, I did what I could with the guy. Like, I, I wanted to bring him back. I opened the doors. I even let the guy fucking literally bury me in my own backyard. I mean, there's mm-hmm. not really much else I can do. Um, I wanted to bring him in. He disappeared. I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say, really. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I give him credit for for trying with Zandig. I, I think Zandig kind of fucked him. I mean, Zandig legitimately broke his back, so there was obviously not a lot that he can do. Maybe he bit off more than he could chew as far as bookings and then just couldn't fulfill them. But he really just went fucking, like, dark. Like, he just went dark where, like, he, he wouldn't even answer fans or answer DJ or answer anybody who we had made commitments to. He started this giant angle, like giant fucking angle. And, you know, it was following him breaking his back. Like he had the option to not do that fucking angle the very next week at Tournament of Death. He had broken his back already. It was as fresh as it could possibly be. Did the angle. Here we are, motherfucker. And then following that, bailed. Uh, Or I think did one more show and then bailed. So, I mean, and honestly, CZW at the time, of course, we're building to something for like a cage of death. But at the time, it was only a speaking role. All he had to do is be the leader of a group. I mean, he, he could have came out in a motorized fucking chair for all that mattered. Right. You know, and, and came clean and said, yeah, I broke my back coming off a fucking roof. Imagine what I'm ready to do to all you motherfuckers who, who you know, you know, took over CZW and made it you know what it is now and i'm bringing the old shit back and and that was his whole gimmick was he was going to bring the old shit back and have the zandig guys and this and that and they had to scrap that whole fucking thing so i mean i i give dj credit for trying and i gotta put that on zandig and you know to later on now turn around and start you know burying dj on the mic in gcw it's like yeah, leave it alone dude you had the option to be part of that and i'm not saying that ccw would have been phenomenal if he was there but that that kind of isn't their fault that you weren't even there to be influencing anything because they, they kind of put that on the table well, I, I now i think the thing following that with ian i think is dj's fault because i think he chose the wrong side there but uh you know what can you do well, the whole thing with Sammy becoming Booker now, I mean, imagine if Zandig stuck around. Do you think Zandig would have possibly gotten that spot? Maybe. I mean, you know, I mean, who knows how it would have ended up or, you know, what the plan was. I, I do think at, at some point when he started doing the Zandig things, 
Zandig definitely he he wasn't. I don't know if he was booking the shows, but he definitely had influence because DJ is not a fan of like Ruckus, Robbie Marino. I said it a million times when he put those guys in the Hall of Fame, he was writing them off. And then all of a sudden, Zandig came back, and who who came back? Oh, Ruckus and Robbie. Ruckus and Robbie haven't been back in CCW since. So, yeah, Zandig loves Pinky. You know, it's not the guy that he randomly uses. Yeah. And just guys were gone, you know. And the most uh, CZW ever used Kyle the Beast was in fucking Dojo Wars. And Zenda came in. Here's Kyle the Beast on the roster, you know, on the main roster. So there was obviously plans that were set with somebody else's, you know, thought process in mind, with somebody else's vision in mind. And all of that was scrapped the second Zandig was out the door. So there was definitely influence there. I don't know if full book or anything like that, but... There was definitely influence there, and, and everything changed. So, I don't know. Um, I, I had heard too that there was a, uh, you know, other inquiries made and people that he asked to be Booker, and he was really trying to find someone to steer the company in a different direction. But uh, I don't know. I, I just think it's a, uh, it, it's a little crazy the way that things went. It, just in a year's time in CZW and the different directions it's gone and everything. Um, what was the other thing you mentioned? That, uh, but um, while you think about that, just just the fact that he he was open to the idea of having a new Booker, I think if uh, him and Zandik could kind of you know patch things up, um, I think Zandik could have very well been in that position right now. Sure. What was the thing you brought up right before the uh, the Zandig thing with uh, DJ? Do uh, I don't remember? Do you remember Box Man? Somebody in the chat room, what, what, what did I mention before uh, the DJ promo? I don't know, I had another point um, or something. Well, somebody, some, somebody answers us. Uh, one more thing that I uh, took away from this interview that I thought was, uh, was a really good teaser, which uh, I, don't, I don't see happening, but just the fact that he's open to the idea, I thought it was really interesting, was uh, I played him the, the promo that Zandik cut. I asked him, I said, did you hear what happened at TOS or did you watch it? He said, I saw some clips and this, that, and a third. I said, what did you think of the show? Um, he thought the show was, was great. He said, good for those guys, you know. Gage and uh, Tremont, they fucking killed it. You know, it is what it is. But you can tell, like, that that was a match that he wanted to do. So I, I'm, I'm sure he felt some type of way on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's a ton of money he lost out on. So, you know, uh, numbers don't lie. But um, uh, I asked him if he heard the, the promo that Zandik caught on him. And he, and he said no. And he said, let me guess. He, he buries me and tells me I fucking suck and I've ruined CZW. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. Well, let me just go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll play it for you. Uh, he wasn't really open to the idea of hearing it. He didn't feel like he didn't really want to hear it. Because he was like, that's all right, man. You can just like, sum it up and, and tell him, oh, we'll, we'll just play it real quick. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, of course, after the, the promo, there's a huge fucking, you know, fuck you, DJ uh, chant going on. Right. And, uh, you know, Zandig went out there and called CCW, CZ, suck my dick, W, and... You know, called DJ a pussy and said Schlack is a pussy for for being DJ's bitch and all this stuff. Um, so I played him that, and he was like, he was like, yeah, dude. I mean, uh, be perfectly honest with you, I don't know anything about it. I mean, I've been talking to, to John. I I think he's working me. He's he's trying to set up some traps. He's he's you know, this is bait. He wants me to fucking say something back. So maybe possibly we can make an angle out of it and we can bring him back. Mm-hmm. Which I thought he was super honest about because it's a, it's a yeah. yeah. Um, but he said uh, he said he's not completely uh, close to the idea of having a GCW versus CZW feud. 
No, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like, he, he does not get along with the management there. Brett Lauderdale was banned from the fucking building. Like, there was, like, serious negotiations the first time Gage got out because Brett wasn't allowed in the building. And they made it, like, Brett has to come in if Gage is coming in type deal. So there was, like, a ton of negotiation just to make that even happen at all because Gage is so close to Brett, and Brett was banned from the fucking building. He went from being referee to not allowed in the building. So I don't know. I mean, anything can happen. It's the wrestling business, and a lot of people hate each other and then work with each other and talk shit behind each other's backs. But uh, things have been pretty open and and aggressive and not cooperative at all between the two companies. So I I don't think that there's much of a work about this where they're going to suddenly turn it into an angle where everyone wins. And, and I'm, in my opinion, too, I don't think CZW would win from this this feud or angle or whatever the case is, because who exactly would they gain as far as talent that CZW fans would not see as someone that they already had? Like Joey Janelle is a GCW guy, but he was in CZW so for so long and he's over. He's over as a CZW guy. Whether his alliance is to GCW or not, the, it's not like the fans would earn something new out of Joey Janela. They would just get Joey back, and you know, through Angle, he would be against CZW now. Which you know, I mean, it would work and everything. But in the same token, it's not like oh, CZW gets this new talent that GCW had. Like you know, it's a lot of the guys are just guys that worked there before. Yeah. So and that uh, that kind of followed up with um. You know, mentioning obviously there's there's heat between him, Lauderdale, and and Damato. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he said you know there was obviously you know they, there is heat. They don't like each other on a personal level, but he said uh, you know he's he's in it for the business, and he said he's on a he's on talk, he's on speaking terms with them. He does talk to them. Um, so he said he is he is open to the idea of possibly doing it one day, but uh, I don't think you're going to see it anytime soon. But just the idea that he would be open to GCW, which you know. You can say what you want, but I mean, them setting up tournament of survival a week before TOD, like, come on, that's, you know, yeah, you're aiming for the head. You can't tell me it's not competition. And it's the nicest political thing to say is just go, hey, you never say never. I'm open to it. And then, you know, you, you hang up the phone here over my dead fucking body. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, to go on interviews and be like, never fuck the motherfucker. That's not going to really do anything to help you. If, you. if you take the high road and just be like, hey, hey, you know. Who knows? I'm open to it. I mean, that discussion actually has to happen and and go over successfully before it can actually even be, you know, a possibility. So, I mean, that's the right stance to take as far as telling fans or doing interviews and going, hey, anything could happen. I'm open to whatever. You know, we could talk. I mean, it's, you know, not a lot of validity to it, I don't think. Yeah. Gene, you there? All right. No Shaheen. I don't know where he went or... Oh, actually, I can't hear you either. Uh, Guys, take a quick break. Be right back. Let me get everybody back on the line here. And uh, hold on. All right, sorry about the technical difficulties. Of course, Skype has to fuck us last minute. DJ was running our eye pay per view. There you go. Yeah, that's that's true. But uh, we're wrapping it up anyway. So uh, hope you enjoyed 
Tournament of Death review. Uh, you'll probably enjoy this more than the actual Tournament of Death. So if you want to check that out, I would hope so. Uh, go ahead and do that. Let us know what you think. And I'm sure uh, J-Cat, once he watches it, he's going to review it on uh, his show, Yakuza Kick Radio. So definitely check that out. Absolutely. Uh, with that said, we'll be back next week, next Sunday. Uh, I know we did a Saturday show, but because, you know, TOD, fresh on the mind, just wanted to get, at, get it out there. Right. So we'll come back next Sunday, um, eight or eight thirty PM. We'll keep you updated, and uh, maybe we'll say we'll take some questions, or we'll we'll come up with some topics. We'll come up with different concepts since there's no shows to really review or anything like that. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get some uh, some ideas rolling, and you know, anyone wants to you know submit some stuff, you know, the uh, I mean, the hot tag podcast page is probably a good place for it. I mean, maybe we'll start a thread or something like that leading up to it and yeah, people would drop indie topics in and, you know, fuck, man, I got opinions on everything, even if I haven't watched it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some questions going, but uh, check out JCat Wednesday, Yakuza Kick Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash Yakuza. Check us out, the Hot Tag Podcast, right here on Mixler.com slash THD Podcast. Subscribe to both on iTunes and uh, leave a goddamn review. With that said, we'll see you next week. Yeah, peace.